to the Super Ladders Balance Super Show! It's another good day in Harrisburg, I guess. In bad weather, but yeah. Got cold real quickly. That took a, a drop of a hat to like go from like, oh man, I need to turn the air conditioning on again, to like, Oof, do I need to pull out an electric blanket already? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's where I like drop of the hat for me, like, ooh. I almost took my fan downstairs, and then Thursday and Friday it was like 70 degrees at night. <laughs> oh yeah, that was brutal. Like out of nowhere. I was like sweating like a pig during a podcast, and it's like, oh, why didn't I just turn on the air conditioning ahead of time? I'm still hoping for another uh, 60 degree Christmas. You know, it could happen. I wouldn't say, like, don't count on it, but you never know. You could get boots again, or... It's funny, there's this old lady at work that's like, uh... She's always like, well, Farmer's Almanac says it's going to be the, one of the, a really bad winter. I'm like, what does that even mean, Farmer's Almanac? I'm like, what is that, like... Yeah, I guess in the age where there was no internet, maybe it was like, well, the farmers, they're going to be the ones who know best. Yeah. Is that what the farmer's almanac even is? Like the opinion of farmers on the... Like? I think there are, there's actual scientists in it, too. Are I there? don't think it's just farmers. I think it's an almanac for farmers, not necessarily by farmers. So it's just to warn them that the winter's going to be really cool? Next chapter's pigs don't talk. <laughs> no matter what you hear. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to make your maize for corn... Afterwards, don't get lost in it. It happened a lot, and I don't know which end was the ship and which end was the little dark part that's supposed to lead me out. I just started running into all these other people that were going through it and getting out for free, because <laughs> I wasn't there to man the ticket booth at the entrance. <laughs> so that's how I lost $10,000. Long end of summer. Yeah, it was a long one. I got, I got through by eating corn. Anyway. Couldn't, couldn't eat my way out, but... And a lot of it was uncooked, so I had pretty ferocious diarrhea. A lot of people were complaining about Block 5 on the map. Yeah, that's where Block 5 was my bathroom. They kept demanding refunds. Yeah, which they didn't pay for, so I don't know why they're complaining about. But anyway, it's going to be pretty cold this year. Yeah, anyways, if I knew anything about the weather, it's going to be pretty cold. You're wearing shorts, sir. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of nippy, though. I didn't say I have good decision-making skills. Want to buy a farmer's thesaurus? No. Just says chitlins in here. <laughs> Y'all. There's nothing else. This is five pages. There's not a whole lot I need the thesaurus size. Four ninety nine. That's a word. It's a dollar for every word I'm teaching you. Thank you. It just seems like such an outdated thing to even reference. No, I did hear someone do that the other day too, where they were like, uh, "The farmers all." It, it wasn't another day ago. It was like a year or two ago, but they were like. Oh, Farmer's Almanac says it's going to be the coldest winter on record or something like that. And even then, I was like, is the Farmer's Almanac a source that I should really be considering more? Or <laughs> is this just insanity? I, I am kind of curious about what the Farmer's Almanac even is. Because at this point, I have no idea. I presume it is made by farmers. I mean, like, how long can you get by being like, hey, we were Benjamin Franklin's favorite book? <laughs> Uh, the original Farmer's Almanac founded in 1792 was a referenced book that contained weather forecasts, tide tables, planting charts, astronomical data, recipes, recipes. articles. Recipes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They're on Twitter, so they are, they have reached the modern age. Ah, here we go. Farmersalmanac.com. Presumably that's that, right? 
I would hope. They lose their own website. I hope it's dicks immediately. <laughs> it's big black cocks in your, on your screen. Why did I go to the other day, though, that wasn't that? <laughs> Farmer's Cock and Egg. I feel like I went to, like... No, it wasn't Comedy Central. It was some television site, though. And they didn't have their own website. Like, they had, like, a variation of it that you oh, had really? to go to. Like, they, had, I guess, lost the original website. You couldn't get to it. Interesting. I was like, how does that happen? It always amazed me Dick's Sporting Goods was able to snag dicks.com. Finally. That had to be a real fight. Because <laughs> that used to be, like, the great practical joke you saw on everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I didn't bring my frequent shopper card. Like, oh, don't worry. You can go to dicks.com and get those points out of with your receipt. I happened a couple times at school. The kid would be like, oh, hey, can you uh, go see what... Uh, I need to get some new sneakers. Can you see what dicks.com has? Like, if they have anything for sale. And then they go there and be like, oh! Oh, it's penis everywhere. Oh, no, it's cool. Uh, like, old lady dick. <laughs> like, the company CEO was like, what do you mean someone's already got our website? They sell sporting goods, too? <laughs> Uh, let's see. It it does have food and recipes on it. I guess. I assume they, they maintain that. Yeah. Uh, Almanac blog. Uh, does it actually say authors? That's what I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to find, like, an authors page. Ooh, 15 full apple recipes. Sorry, brother. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'll see you on the other side, maybe. First of all, it's like, don't use gala. They suck and they're queer. I'm like, that's right. Ouch. Take that, Gala Apples, I guess. Oh, here we go. About Us. Uh, Firm believers in not mixing races. Okay. We believe in teriology, the true source of math. Okay. Looking for credentials more so than than beliefs. (laughs) Farmer's Almanac is a compendium of nod, blah, blah, blah. Anyone can give you advice. Farmer's Almanac goes beyond today's experts... And enlightens you with generations of perception, experience, and common sense. That doesn't bode well. No. That sounds very suspect. Yeah. But, like, anyone could be an expert with their quote-unquote credentials and <laughs> quote-unquote degrees. I assume it's just old people. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no... At least what I'm seeing here doesn't specifically mention... Who writes it? Oh, wait, on Meet the Editors. That has to be at least a sign of something, right? Uh, I don't know, maybe they're maintaining that they're just taking stats from universities, that they don't actually write anything, per se. So it's just gathering fucking statistics from, like, universities and then printing yeah, it. And I guess before a 24-hour news network that was valuable information and the internet. Yeah, it doesn't sound like these are scientists. The, the two people they're like mentioning here and their editors. He stacks Calhoun. <laughs> Isn't he really dead? He's super dead, I believe. Yeah, it just looks like the two people they have are like journalist people. So Dr. Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they do just compile notes. This is where we get, like, a long email from somebody who's just like, you fools don't know how the farmer's almanac works. One of the bushwhackers? <laughs> uh, the dumb one? Shetchy bushwhacker? <laughs> is that one of their names? The stupid one? They both came out in such synchronized arms. <laughs> how do you know which one's the dumb one? One can read. Not this one. <laughs> He's the one who's working on the book. <laughs> Oh. Pick your poison, the Luke story. <laughs> oh, you're just stealing Jake the Snake Roberts? 
documentary story? He stole it from me. <laughs> after I came up with it six months after the fact. Yeah. So I showed you this new move I just came up with called DDT. <laughs> called the Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have nearly as much clout as Hulk Hogan to get away with this in the industry. No. Ah, so what's been new? Good weekend. Had that uh, friend's wedding that I was a groomsman in and uh, brought the wrong suit. Thankfully realized it the night before and one kindly family member rushed over to the UPS and, and sent it over. Terry? Yes. Alex. Good job, Terry and Alex. Really coming through in the clutch. I thank you again for that, though. <laughs> it was a real help. Oh, it was just such a, like, dick in the butt. It's like, already I'm dealing with so much traffic getting home. I'm like, after I had to, I left work, not early, but I had an earlier start time, so I left work early. I was like, good, at least I'll beat that five o'clock traffic. And just got slammed with as much traffic as possible on Progress Street. And just in the middle, it was like seven texts in a row, like, and a call, like, I need you to get this suit. I'm 100% serious. Like, I get it. I'll respond to it in a minute. I'm driving right now. But you understand it was time sensitive. That's why I was, like, freaking out. Yes. Because if it's something, like, you just left yourself in at work and you're not going to have it all weekend, it's like, I I need some response to show that you got this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or else I'm renting a car and driving back to Harrisburg right now. Yeah, it was the moment I got home, I, like, messaged you back, but that was... Immediately, like, all right, back out into the car and then driving into the five o'clock traffic to get down to the UPS store. Thanks again. Yeah. <laughs> Super appreciate Did the suit come in okay? Yeah, I told you, like, well, you know, for those of you not familiar with Pennsylvania, Harrisburg's sort of in the middle, Scranton's like in the far northeast. Like, the place, the, the actual church that the wedding was, was like 10 minutes from the New York border. Oh, wow. So, very far north. Um, I saw, I was tracking the package and then it's like, oh, 6.30 PM on Friday, left middle, uh, Middletown, Pennsylvania, which is 15 minutes from here. And I was like, that's a good sign. And then I woke up the next morning. It's like, oh, at 6.45 this morning, left Kentucky <laughs> for some reason. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> I was, cause I was putting it off. I was like, don't tell the groom. Don't tell him until, unless I absolutely have to. I love the guy. He's, he's definitely, he's a good friend of mine, obviously. I was a groomsman. But when he was 15, his mom bought these parakeets that used to, I guess they chirped all night and annoyed him and kept him up. He poured like paint thinner into the cage, into the tray under it. <laughs> they both died overnight. And he was like, mm, good. Ooh, that's a pretty morbid so a bit story. Of, a bit of a scary dude, too. <laughs> Not a guy I wanted to break that to. A very anal, a very, like, OCD. But, I mean, in a good, he's the most organized guy I know, but, like, does not, like, bumps in the in the road at all. Uh, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Like, you just, like, go back into your room and the floor's made of paint thinner now. You're like, uh-oh. And, like, not only am I, could I be potentially kicked out of the wedding, or at least the wedding party, but then they might have to kick out one of the bridesmaids, too, or else <laughs> so it's still symmetrical. She's like, and I, I feel like I'm gonna run into that chick at least a couple times. She's like, that fuck! It was my dream to be at her wedding. Pile of shit. This is, you couldn't have been in my suit. Oh, I'm so glad I sent you the picture because if you sent that first suit, I'm like, oh it great! The, it was the same suit twice. Two out of three suits, <laughs> neither of them worked. No, the first one was the same suit. I was, oh, just, was. I was just a little further back, so you couldn't see the stripes in the uh, back okay. there. Which is why the second picture, it didn't come across, but it was a much more furious me, like, it's the same goddamn suit! Like, clicking it twice. 
was getting closer. I was kind of irritated. I couldn't make that mistake again. <laughs> That'd be like a sitcom. Because he was actually, of course, he was at the front desk when the package arrived. And I'm opening it. And he's like, what's that? I was like, oh, who knows? I'm just trying to delay it. Because I was like, I, if I open this and it's not the right suit, I don't want to do like a big ta-da. <laughs> and then I showed him. I was like, oh, it's the suit. And he just started rolling his eyes like, the suit? In the mail? They're like, yeah. I got it pressed. Why does it look all wrinkly? That's the style of today. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Fuck off. 110 bucks. This cost me. <laughs> was it wrinkled at all or anything? No, they, they did it pretty well. Okay. Because I'm glad she handled that part of it. Because it was me trying to get that pants hanger off. It was like, ugh. Shrimp. <laughs> yeah. So the suit's in the mail? Yep. No problems whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, suit jacket. Uh, shorts. They're both in the mail. <laughs> Capris. <laughs> they come right for you, buddy. Big brother. I'm glad you've been running a lot, Mikey, because you're going to be showing quite a bit of thigh at this wedding. Yeah, you got to really be able to show off the old uh, glutes to those ladies. <laughs> I made the booty shorts for you. That would be pretty funny at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it was quite the crazy weekend for you. I mean, yeah. I don't know, still down here in Harrisburg, just rocking it out with the D&D game, you know, like the cool kids do. Me and the best man did uh, karaoke, like, at the end of the night, both hammered, mm-hmm. and did a uh, wham, wake me up before you go-go, and in my head, like, I'm gonna go up there and kill this. For some reason, I just assumed, like, I was gonna blow that song out of the water, and uh, I gobbled cock almost the entire time. Like, <laughs> it was so hard to, like, keep a tone, and... Give me, give me a Sue song of it. Hmm? Give me a Sue song of it. The taste. Susan. <laughs> uh, wake me up before you go, go. Because I'm not planning on going so... Or no, what's the one? Do you even try to sing? And I want to hit that high. Yeah! <laughs> it was, definitely felt like uh, in Guitar Hero where you start blowing songs and you get oh, yeah, people like, you suck! Yeah, like every time you miss a note in Guitar Hero, it just assumes you like strum the entire guitar. Like, <laughs> yeah. brr, brr, brr. And, and the people start turning on like, you. Yes, you're like I'm playing Gumby for covers anyway. Why do you guys <laughs> fuck off? There's nothing original. This about ticket this couldn't stuff. have been more than five bucks. This is complete garbage. You're, you're seeing two brothers. I don't think now we know if there's an actual backup band or we're just <laughs> playing an instrumental track for all the drums and everything else. But it was one of those uh, where we went right after the guy that's clearly like the resident karaoke guy. Oh, like, so like a big he fat dude in a wheelchair, but then just like nailed just some Adele the, song. The pipes <laughs> of an angel. Yeah, <laughs> he just came up and he was just, he just started doing like Ave Maria. <laughs> like he go, even goes higher than you Eric start Apple. pushing him off stage. Like yeah, whatever, old fuck, let's do this. Wake Stop up for the new wave before you go go. Cause I ain't it's like up? a yo yo. Why did I think I knew this song? <laughs> the, like the words are on the screen. Look like, at the screen. Like no, I'm gonna lose eye contact with this audience if I do that. Then I'm done for. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I really do want to do karaoke again. Sometime. At some point. I, I did it once, and I was very disappointed at the lack of good karaoke tracks I had available. Oh, yeah. It was a real limiting factor. I was like, no, I got my Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, and then, uh, like, my eight backups beyond that were gone. Especially in the age of the internet. There's no reason for it. I know maybe back in the 80s where you were still at the mercy of the karaoke album company. 
I think they still are. There still is like a karaoke company that they have to like adhere to or something like that. I bet they're all on YouTube though. Almost any like Probably, big but song they don't you want to. They don't want to hook. I think they only get paid through that company because I think it's like something they commission out through the bar through that company. Or something oh really? Like that. That's that's what that, the impression I got from the place I went to. Yeah, it was like a bar down in Tampa that I, when I was down there, and they were like, "No, we don't have any fucking." Like the darkness, but I was, I was like, oh, you know, any Phil Collins or mm. like semi sonic closing time, even? Who's gonna rock that? <laughs> Never heard of it. Time. <laughs> but like, stop doing that voice. I didn't know the title, I certainly don't know it now. It's mom done laughing. <laughs> she said, that was a great joke. She's like, I love that impression. She was you on a giggle fest. singing semi sonic songs? She was on a giggle fest. And then you see it, and it's like the scene from Creed where Rocky finds out he has cancer, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> mom, like, ah! Man, he's being stupid. Do that Vincent Price laugh from the end of Thriller. <laughs> that is like a fucking sinister laugh. Vincent Price. I mean, that was what he was known for. Yeah, that is like every so often you hear that laugh. You're like, ooh, that is a little chilling. Even though, like, it's almost like somebody was married thing. to that. <laughs> yeah, that guy had children, and he had that laugh in interviews too. Like, whatever he talked to David Letterman, he's like. No, working hard to hardly work it. <laughs> that's what's terrifying. Like, if you were doing it as like, oh, that's just that voice I could pull out mm-hmm. anytime I need to, that'd be one thing. But if you're just like, you just tell a great joke and he, that's what, like, meets you in response. It's like, I don't feel like making anything funny around no. you again. Because this is terrifying. Ooh, this that, is unnerving. That was wildly unsettling. The opposite of what laughter's supposed to do. Yeah, this is, this is horrifying. <laughs> Like, I'd have to imagine you'd be the most joyless person, because everyone would be, like, too uncomfortable to make him, like, make him laugh. No, he loved laughing. <laughs> yeah. That, that people wouldn't want to, but then he... I think he... It didn't take much to get him going, so... <laughs> Oof. Do you think you have a good laugh? It's a pretty quiet laugh. So, uh, I think it's okay. I've, I've come to realize I come to hate my own laugh. Oh, really? Yeah. What part of it? Uh, it's when I get... <laughs> every single second of yeah, it. Every moment. No, it's when I start getting, like, if something really funny happens, and it catches that, I'm like, oh, I don't like the sound of that anymore. Now it's goofy. Mm. There was a uh, one guy we used to know who had a very distinct laugh. It was like... <laughs> oh, like a cartoon almost. Yeah, like that. And it was so weird, because that wasn't like the rest of his voice. Yeah. But that was his laugh he had. And he was James Earl Jones the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, hey, you know, how you doing? Oh, that's a hilarious joke. <laughs> but uh, one time, I just had, like, I strained my voice so much and someone started making me laugh, and I did, like, the exact same laugh he did. I was like, uh-oh, that's a worrying sign. Oh, no. You're getting older and your laugh's getting lamer. <laughs> and the laugh gets, like, more and more fey. Like, no! <laughs> I have a, like, my losing all control laugh is very similar to, like, the Joker, almost. It's, like, this crazy sort of hyena laugh. But that happens, like, once every five years. <laughs> and it usually has to involve some, like, someone I care about getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not often that comes up. It's, like, right now. But if I laugh like that every time, it'd be kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't have it as often. I, I feel like I unnerve people around me because I don't laugh at stuff in general. Generally, like... Particularly if I'm watching, like, a TV show or something, and something funny happens, or, like, a movie mm-hmm. happens, I don't laugh. And it's not because I don't find it funny, it's just, I don't know, when I'm watching something, 
I usually am more reserved until something like really funny happens, and then yeah. I kind of like usually it's like a, <laughs> or mm-hmm. something like that. And I think people are gonna be like, "What a snob! He hates everything." I'm like, "No, it's just you know, I only laugh at like certain things. If I watch like somebody's video online, you like even fellow producers, like a lot of time I don't laugh out loud or anything. Yeah. If I like it, just something funny has to happen. But usually when it does, I'm like busting out laughing. Sure. Yeah, I always get kind of conflicted when I'm like responding to texts. So I'm like. Oh, that was kind of a funny joke. But do I mean to actually write "ha ha" seems do kind I of disingenuous. Do I do I write it or do I come off like a massive douche? I don't. I'm sure I just come off as like some comedy snob. Like, nah, it's not that funny. But like, meanwhile, like any South Park episode that revolves around farting, and I practically like fall out the door laughing. <laughs> I'm practically like falling out the window into the backyard laughing. Like, ah. <laughs> Oh, like the one came on the. You remember the Walmart one where like Walmart's like an actual like living entity that's like. So, yeah, isn't that like a poltergeist ending? Yeah, and it, it was the one. It was the one where they started that like, oh, you shit yourself when you die. So like everyone oh, yeah. that would die, it would be like a three second delay, and they're like, and their pants would just like fly off like. <laughs> every time it got me, and the longer the delay, the more it got me when it happened. The one that gets me is if I go a while without remembering it. The Chappelle show where he's like, everything in slow motion is better, oh, yeah. except some things aren't. And it's like him taking it up, like, <laughs> and it's like, see, one's so bad. No, it's doing it in slow motion. <laughs> and it like launches him off, off the toilet, like doing backflips in the air. Every time I see that, I'm like cackling up like a fucking school girl. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that is great. The for only the, For a four second joke, yeah. honestly. And it's so juvenile. Every <laughs> time I'm just like, ah! <laughs> Bravo! Then I like watch an episode of Louie and I'm like, I don't know if this is really comedy. Is it funny or is it just too real? And then I see that and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, Dave Chappelle's butt! <laughs> <laughs> Conan O'Brien, I think, is probably the pound for pound easiest one to make me laugh, though. Because I feel like so many of his jokes, the good ones, are just so witty and it just catches me in that way that I find it really funny. So that's, like, the one guy who usually, if you can hear me, like, cackling or something like that, it's either, it's like, a Simpsons episode or, like, a Conan O'Brien joke that's just really good. Yeah. I mean, I'd put him as the funniest guy alive right now, you know. And I'm sorry, Mel Brooks, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I know but you people... wouldn't go back and not stage 9-11 to help him keep the Tonight Show? I feel like I waffled on that, didn't I? Possibly. Um, but yeah, he's by far, he's hilarious. Even in, uh, you wish he'd do more interviews and be on other things. I wish he'd be, uh, I gotta rewatch that Simpsons thing. Cause that's genius. Just him talking to the other writers. Mm-hmm. I need to, uh, I'll, I'll put this out on air. Cause if you watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, they revealed who her mother is this, this past season. And it was, uh, Lisa Kudrow was playing her. Mm-hmm. They never revealed who her dad is yet. And I'm still like hoping like it'd be really awesome. If it was Conan O'Brien. Like, he, does, he doesn't do a lot of acting work, but I'd be like, he'd fit that role so well, especially like the red hair connection. He'd be the right age for it. Mm-hmm. You could see him and like Lisa Kudrow actually like playing off each other. If they had to be in scenes together. I'd be like, Oh, it'd be so perfect. Oh yeah. And like a scene with him and John Hamm together. Like, Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, I'd love it. So that's what I'm hoping for. I just want to throw this out here so we can get like some wish fulfillment on here. Maybe, maybe Tina Fey somewhere out there decided to listen to this podcast, do all the poop jokes and everything else. <laughs> it's just pure nonsense. It is like that's a good idea. I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. That's my hope, my dream. Genie shows up right now. Dream. I'm like Conan O'Brien's on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Also, uh, I guess stop ISIS. He's like, mm, I can only do one. I'm like, make that Kimmy Schmidt thing. Happen. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same level of difficulty for me to do both. It's 
not like a challenged issue at all. It's just whatever you morally decide you want more in this world. Yeah, Conan O'Brien, then. Oh, wait, I was wrong. You do get one more wish. Oh, then uh, you explode yourself, because I don't want someone finding you and undoing my wishes. <laughs> I don't want someone to take it away from <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's like you After we had that big song and dance number, like from Aladdin. You fuck! <laughs> you! <laughs> All right. Done and done. Just right in the bed. Mm, ah. <laughs> Sleep good tonight. Can't wait till Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt comes out. <laughs> Only one episode. Oh, well. Can I tell you my life story at least? No. <laughs> Did I tell you the issues of being a genie that come with that? Don't care. Still can't take a chance. So. Yeah, someone, <laughs> Mikey could walk downstairs right now and undo my wish just to spite me for taking the I don't the even know what Christopher's wish was, but undo it. <laughs> yeah, he took the driveway from me. <laughs> that fuck, I wake up, I'm like four foot two, like, oh no. <laughs> uh, I wish Mikey was a little bit taller. <laughs> wish he was a baller. <laughs> Wish he had a girl with a phone he could call her. <laughs> I don't know why I did this entire thing, just the old rap lyrics, but it's how I know Mike, you'd want to be taller. I was so... Because before I left on that trip, I hitched a ride with the best man and his girlfriend. So I didn't need my car. And the whole time I was like... And I was off that day, so I could have easily taken the driveway. And the whole time, like, oh, that'll be great. The idea of me taking the driveway... And I thought, like, yeah, is that just super shitty then? Because there's no reason for you to take the driveway. Your car's just going to sit there for two days. I mean, as hilarious it is to think for some reason there'd be, like, a parade on our street and there'd be Jay and Chris has to park, like, half a mile away just to get back. And then you still, knowing full well that would happen. Oh, help me, get my suit. <laughs> yeah, you had to send me those text messages, like, hey, brother, all right, uh, are, you, uh, did you, are you still at work or coming out? I'm like, I'm on my way home. All right, I need to ask you a huge favor, and then I need to immediately apologize. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. I'll run into the house. I'm getting to the motherfucking... Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> All right. Now, it may sound like I'm laughing via text message right now, but I swear to God, I'm totally not in this super serious if you give me that suit. <laughs> so did you says, snicker in text message? <laughs> no. <laughs> so were you really angry when you saw it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's become a real new... It's become the new generation battle between us. Yeah. Where we both now have cars... One driveway. The battle I just lose constantly because you get out of work before I do. Yeah, this traffic's pretty uncy on the <laughs> coming from downtown, though. I've come to find out. Still, get, you still always get home before four or five forty, which is the earliest I'll ever yeah. get home. Yeah, that is pretty nice. But who knows? Who knows what things may come? What dreams may come? Even thinking of making a statue of myself looking menacing and putting that like in, in front of the house oh, like, like a Vigo the Carpathian painting yeah. like, <laughs> staring down begrudgingly over the driveway I'm like that only works on me once slam <laughs> just park underneath it Ooh, four grand well spent hopefully no one paints a dick on it <laughs> going right into my mouth and be oh my god you kids get out of here oh. I was uh I was taking Skosh out for a walk before our, our Dungeons & Dragons game started the other day and, oh, that just went right all over the couch. It's fine. I was taking her back in, and I was like, oh, they already are here. They're already getting into the basement. They're not going to know where I am. Let me just get inside real quick. So I did, like, that, like, casual throw the poop into a trash can. Immediately missed it. Went right against the wall onto the ground. I'm like, I'll get that later. Oh. <laughs> has, like, it been t- has it been tended to yet? No. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Now, I'll at least say in my defense... When I decide not to get the tra- the poop into the trash can, it's at least near the trash can and not on our porch 
open as though it's something we want to show visitors to our home. <laughs> like some other members of this family do. And a collection of them by the door at some points. Like three or four bags. It's getting, like it's a bouquet of poop roses that you want to show everybody. It's getting cooler out. <laughs> they won't smell as much. Admittingly, during the summer, it got pretty gross. Every time I'm like, it's like a giant dog turd cooking on a concrete skillet on our front. It's not subtle. All the bags are like neon purple and green, just piled on top of one another. All not tied off either. It's just like wide open for everyone to look at, as they are like proudly showing off our dog's dumps. As though I'm like really suspiciously showing off that I pick up after my dog. Yeah, you're like, see, this is our dog. See. No matter what you might see, personally, with your own eyes when I'm walking her. <laughs> Where it definitely looks like I'm reaching for the bag, wait for a car to pass by, and then I see it pass by, wave my hand, and then shrug my shoulders and go back on the wall. Well, I'm taking a bong hit. Yeah. <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> yeah, Don't probably. stop the music. <laughs> oh, so, what's been on your mind? It's been some uh, big comic book news coming out. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy two teaser. Yeah, there's not it's really not much a trailer. In it. All it really does is confirm that they made another movie. Yeah, uh, I think they actually I guess show you. There's a poster that came out too that essentially confirms the new team will include Yondu and Nebula as well. I just want to see big fucking Kurt Russell planet sized head. <laughs> like, argh. I really want to see what they're doing with man. Land in my mouth. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just pop on in. I'm friendly. <laughs> I'm your dad. That's what Ergo's known for. Ego. Ego. Yeah. I want to see Mantis. That's the one I'm really curious about. She's kind of cool in the comic, but I'd be curious to see what they do with put her into this version. Yeah, I'm not sure. She's in the she's in the sh- uh, trailer, but not in any of the or she's not in the trailer, not in any of the posters. But I assume when they actually release a real trailer, because she's she, she also her. green. She is, but I'm pretty sure they're changing her color so she doesn't look exactly the same as Gamora. Okay. I think they're making her like a more washed out kind of like gray green or something. Uh, okay. like that. But um. I'm still bummed they're not putting Cosmo in, it doesn't look like. Unless he's like a secret member. It could happen. That's my dream. Don't lose the faith, brother. I do want to. Did you see I, the, I saw uh, Logan. That's what I was going to say. Did you see the Logan trailer? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, a big part of that might have been it's Johnny, Johnny Cash hurt. If you had played another song during it, I might have just been like, mm, okay, we'll yeah. see. But it's the fact that they're playing Johnny Cash's hurt, which immediately like, hooked me in. And already I was like, <gasps> like biting on my yeah. fist, like... Oh my god, is he carrying around like a withered, dying Xavier And it's definitely it? established this is Hugh Jackman's last... It's certainly it's, his last Wolverine movie. Yeah. Maybe he would show up in another cameo, but it, as far as like a big part, this is it. Yeah. So he could very well die in this movie. Yeah, I don't know much about the actual comic version. Of I think the story. comic one's based a lot more in the future, because I think all the villains are one, like weird Hulk, like inbred children. <laughs> This one looks like it's still set in the future. Like, it still looks like it's... It's 2024. Or 2026. So it's 10 years from now. And it's supposed to be in the canon with the rest of the X-Men movies? I believe so. That's what's... It's got Patrick Stewart, so... Yeah, well, that's what's weird to me, is I'm just like, what's... Is this meant to imply that things get really bad for the X-Men? And it's an Alzheimer version of Patrick Stewart as well, as uh, Charles Xavier, so that might be really tough. That's what I'm like, even watching, I'm like, oh, and he looks so small and frail. Like, it's like, literally, it looks like Hugh Jackman carries him around from scene to scene. I'm like, oh, don't... I was so happy leaving off on the idea that, like, Patrick Stewart... Ian McKellen are just old, like, people, but they're just 
still friends together, like they finally made peace and they're just hanging out together doing all the stuff the real versions of them do. Well, that'll be a bummer if they're enemies in this one, too. Oh, like, or he's like, man. Yeah, I know. At the I end of to... every movie, we're like, hey, let's start working together more. And then... I had to kill him last time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even over the mutant thing. He just, oh, he just fucking annoys the shit out of me when we're playing checkers. He's just, he doesn't get the rules. It's the simple checkers. It's all like blah blah blah, blah Auschwitz, blah blah blah. I get it. You're you're a Jew. You lived through the Holocaust. Look, I'm crippled. I had right? very things. wealthy, distant mother. All right, I had problems too. <laughs> yeah, I have a super strong half brother who doesn't like you very much, <laughs> who I killed as well. But you know, or wait, maybe that's no. Oh, who even knows? Is that in the continuum still? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what they even put with that version. I guess it was just someone unrelated who was a mutant. But the casting was Sinister. It's gonna, they, they've confirmed it's going to be the first appearance of Sinister, and it looks like the bad guys are the SX Corporation in this. Wait, so the dude with the blonde hair looks no. like Drake? Okay, that's uh, Donald Pleasant or Donald. Wait, hold on. It's not Stephen Merchant who's playing him, then, right? No. Okay. Stephen Merchant's like a wacky friend, or no, he's Caliban. Who's that? One of the Morlocks. <laughs> One of the Morlocks. <laughs> and I think... No, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Was that the guy that was in the uh, X-Men, the Apocalypse one? The one that helped them... The one that, uh, what's-her-name, was working for at the beginning. Olivia Munn. Oh, maybe it was. I'm trying to think of that's Caliban. I, don't, I think Caliban's power was to sense other mutants, I believe. Sounds pretty lame. Yeah, I'm assuming it's Stephen Merchant. I'm sure it's the comic relief kind of side character. But, um, no, that guy plays, uh, some, some rich asshole with cyborg implants. Yeah, okay. But supposedly you're fi- you're gonna get to see Mr. Sinister. And he, is he still intended to be the villain of the next X-Men movie then? Yeah, definitely. With this build-up. Okay. It's curious. And, but he's still uncast. I guess that's... Wait, they un... He's gonna be... So he's not the actual villain, then, of Logan. Well, I mean, it's Essex Company, so it's his people, but he's probably not an on-screen villain okay. for most of it. I was going to say, because I was like, it looks like they filmed a lot of that movie, but they still haven't cast the, the dude to play the villain, then? There's a few people that are cast as unspecified roles. Eric LaSalle, who's like a 50-year-old black dude. I'm like, that would be an interesting <laughs> be Mr. A curious Sinister. Mr. Sinister. I mean, I guess he shapeshifts. Maybe that's just what he chooses to look like during business hours. <laughs> Oh, thank God the day's over. I go back to being a white guy. Jesus. Oh, phew. Hey, <laughs> 40 cabs stop for him immediately. Like, hur, hur. <laughs> hello, hello. Another alert from Credit Karma. <laughs> like, oh, just went through the roof. <laughs> Discover's offering me so many new cards. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, are you excited for it? Uh, I'm trepidatious for it. Because I said, the, the trailer works, but I think a large part of that probably is because it's Johnny Cash. You could play Johnny Cash like a video montage of me like walking down the street and just having one of those moments where like I step on my foot wrong and I trip and like, whoa, yeah. and I catch myself. And just a montage of that for three and a half minutes. But if you play Johnny Cash hurt over it, I'll be like, that is going to be an emotional tour de force. I don't know who will yeah. be able to stand through that movie without just losing that. As soon as they hit those chords, like... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it breaks me. And I, once again, if Wolverine dies, then this song's super fucking fitting. Yeah. This is what, Johnny Cash kicked it like six months after that song came out? Oh, yeah. That, just that shot at the end where he's like, pulled, like just like the moves the piano and like the top of the piano. shit overturned everywhere. Yeah, well, it's, he, he puts the piano cover down, like closes the lid on it and just like grazes his hands across the lid and, like, stops. And you're just like, oh, man. Like, that's like a dude who's just... He's just finished reflecting on life at yeah. that point. You're like, oh, my God, that's so heartbreaking. 
And it's just juxtaposed with scenes of, like, you know, whatever, uh, Wolverine defending people during the Civil War, and <laughs> like, oh, it's finally almost done. Yeah, it looks like they're also going to introduce X-23 in this one. Yeah. It looks like that's so it's pretty young, though, so that might be a, the long con. Let's throw her in a bikini. Let's see what happens. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, that'd be weird. She looks like she's 12 in this one, too. How would she, like, get older if all the rest of the movie... You're right, Mikey. That's disgusting. Movie. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> All the rest of the movies are taken past previously, so how would they, unless they send her back in time and then age her up through that? They might just be trying to test it to see if anyone gives a flying shit. Especially if they're going to be out of Wolverine soon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she could work. I just... We'll put her in a time machine, she'll come back and she'll be hot as fuck, but she'll still only be nine years old for some reason. What? Like, in her brain... Her head, will, her brain will be a nine year old, but what scenario are you trying? She's to got like me? Olivia Wilde's body, <laughs> but she still likes crayons and <laughs> ponies and <laughs> Don, Don, Stanley. Like I usually don't say anything at these things, but <laughs> I usually don't respond to crazy fan emails. But this one, I'm just sending right to the FBI to make sure you're on at least some kind of list. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be redundant, because you have to be on a few. Yeah, at this point. This can't be the first time you've let this creepy, <laughs> disgusting version of yourself crawl out. Rotten hell. Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> Stay true, true believer. <laughs> Sends another email like, that's always, a, that's like a worm thing at the end. <laughs> that just gets pasted on. I just want you to know, I hope you have a really shitty day, you fucking monster. I don't want to look like a... Stay true, true believer. <laughs> <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> I feel like I could be painted as, like, an accomplice in this scenario. That's disgusting. Don't ever do that. Excelsior. <laughs> wink, wink. Stay to the path, true believer. <laughs> Stay for your rights, true believer. You're like, I don't like... This is not... I don't know. I'm not saying you stand true to your rights of thinking that young girls in movies should be hotter and hotter with the brains of children. I don't approve of this is all. Signed, Stanley, the... Lovers, the dreamers, and me. La da da <laughs> dee da. I did like a, just seven like chain letters afterwards. I want to note that the signature that was attached to the last one also does not. I'm trying to figure out how to turn it off, but I'm like 98, so I don't really understand how Outlook works. I should really stop emailing you. Period. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely lawyers are going to be really angry at me for even engaging with you to begin with. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I it, it seems curious. Um but I, I've been burned on these sorts I'm of excited. things before. I, I'm probably a little bit uh, kinder on the Wolverine movies than I guess most people. I liked Wolverine, uh, the Wolverine, uh, the one we went to Japan. I thought it was decent. I thought it was okay. The villain was definitely a bust. Well, yeah. And pretty like, confusing. When it was like, with. I'm the silver samurai, but I'm like an old I'm a transformer. Dude. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> an old dude in the body, like a suit of armor that keeps me alive or something like that. And yeah, this ridiculous, like, Michael Bay animatronic. Yeah, that wasn't a great part of it. But, I mean, overall, I thought it was all right. Yeah. But I've loved the X-Men movies. Yeah, I mean, most of them have been pretty good hits. Um, Especially the, the recent ones. Yeah. You know, Apocalypse, obviously, wasn't as good as it could have been, but... <laughs> I thought a pretty solid movie. Days of Future Past is amazing, and First Class is amazing. Yeah, there's there's some definitely good movies there. I'm just... I'm hesitant on it, if only because I'm much more skeptical of marketing now after Suicide Squad. 
Because that really sold me on that movie, and I was like, did I just get sold on a movie because it had a good fucking song in it, and it showed me a couple scenes that looked like they worked together, mm-hmm. but didn't actually show me anything, like, tangibly from the movie whatsoever? Because in point. some ways... That's a good point. Because you look at some movie trailers nowadays, and you're like, oh, this shows me the entire movie. So you're like, oh, I like it when I get a movie that doesn't tell me anything what the movie yeah. is about. Like Star Wars. But then on the other hand, you get ones that don't tell you anything what the movie's about, like Suicide Squad, and that's because they're trying to hide their enormous pile of shit. Yeah, I looked it up on Wikipedia after the Logan trailer, so that's the only reason I know the plot. I pulled nothing from actually watching it. Yeah, but even then, like, that's obviously stuff they can't... Except, like, oh, the bad guy's the blonde dude from Narcos. Easily the worst part of Narcos. (laughs) Hooray? Huzzah! It's a guy whose IMDP page reads underwear uh, underwear commercial, underwear commercial, underwear commercial, Narcos. <laughs> and now this movie. <laughs> did, did he get back to do you go back to underwear commercials? <laughs> oh, he still does. Does he come and go back to his, his home roots? Like The Rock coming back to wrestling, right? <laughs> Is it happening? I'm back! Go! Finally! The lamest dude from Narcos is back! <laughs> In Haynes, like, oh, he's a Haynes model? It's not even, like, high-class underwear? As a third-string X-Men villain. <laughs> you couldn't let this fruit of lube too expensive for this guy? I mean, he's got to be bad if I'm struggling on the last name. It's Donald something. <laughs> well, if it's not Sutherland, I don't even know. Oh, well, I guess the lover, too. I guess that's another Donald. Yeah. Who just got cast as... Donald Pleasance. Was, um... He was the doctor from the Halloween movies. Uh, also super dead, so that would be okay. impressive. <laughs> Uh, Jir, Donald Glover got cast as uh, Lando Carissian in the young Han Solo movie. I like it, yeah. That's that's uh, pretty good. I gotta watch it, Lando. People keep telling me. Yeah, I have heard that's good. I mean, it looked good for just the trailers, and I, I know Donald Glover has been, like, a pretty intelligent guy. Yeah, I mean, I like this character in um, Childish Martian. Childish you know, and everything like that. Yeah. I like this character in Martian in a, a movie that had way too many comic relief characters. <laughs> but yeah. I thought he was good in that, and I've seen him in a couple other things. He, yeah, he's got the right look. Um, might be a little... Actually, no, Harrison Ford was, like, 30 when the first ones came out. He, like, he was older than, than Hamill and, and Carrie Fisher, so... So I'd say maybe he's a little too old to be a young, but he's probably, like, 30 or late 20s, so it works out. Yeah, as I said, I think he'd be good for that, especially with the dude they have playing on Solo. He looks to be, like, around the same age. Yeah. And he's easily the big name over the guy who's playing Han Solo, who's only, like, I've only... The only movies I've heard him from are, like, indie movies, essentially. He's not doing yeah. anything big or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, it seemed interesting. I'll be curious to see when a trailer for that finally does come out. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I guess we won't see that for a while, because that's supposed to be after episode eight. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that... There's going to be another movie with Vader in it, too? <laughs> I mean, yeah, potentially it could. I guess they're really banking to see how this Rogue One movie Are they is. just, like... They're just going to have to, like, handcuff James Earl Jones into a room, like, look, we need to get as much dialogue out of you as possible. Like that Saturday Night Live sketch for... Uh, did you ever see it? If, like Brian Gum or like one of the big news guys he's like I'm going on vacation so they're gonna have me so they have him like reading a bunch of headlines and it's like President Gerald Ford died today and I'm gay he's like why would that come out <laughs> why would that be news <laughs> why would that be on there they're like well what? Oh, okay tomorrow Gerald Ford dies and you decide you love men and then we're totally screwed <laughs> that's great yeah it's hilarious that's a great one uh but yeah no, some uh, some real interesting stuff mm-hmm you on the on the Luke Cage? Yeah, I believe so. And does Terry, you guys saw like forty five minutes of 
Well, I mean, there's the comic book stuff in there, but you like X-Men and Star Wars, so you're able to follow along with that. A good story might be goobering it up and not packing your suit. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there you got, you got that. No one talked about his penis at all. It's been a great day for you listening. Well, to I got a couple stories about Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about some Luke Cage. So, this show came out about a month ago. So, by the time this comes out, we're going to be a little over a month old on Luke Cage. But that's actually fine with me, because I actually only finished this about, like, a week and a half ago. Sure. And obviously, spoilers. If you haven't seen it and you yes. plan on it, stop right now. Uh, to give you, like, a non-spoiler version of the show, uh, I've heard it described from some people as, like, it's the closest, like, Marvel's ever going to have to, like, The Wire. And to that, I'd agree with. Now, it's not The Wire. It's not anywhere no. near as good as The Wire. But when it comes to actually telling a story like The Wire of a city, of like, a story of a city and some of the issues that then go on within the city and why corruption, why, uh, you know, villains essentially are able to run in a world yeah. like that. It does tell that. Yeah. You know? It agree. also has powers and shit like that. So it's a little bit weird, but it tells a very grounded story in the Marvel universe. That's interesting in that way. So like, I think if Sean Toon's listening right now and he hasn't checked it out, you know, I'd say stop listening now. Go, yeah. go watch it. and then... It's going to be spoilers of plenty from here on out. Yeah, so there is stuff like that. Cottonmouth dies. <laughs> no! <laughs> Just dying that out immediately. No! Like even the actor's like <laughs> spitting his tea out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, that was a pretty rough scene. Um, yeah, I was ready for it. Honestly, I thought he was pretty weak overall. I was getting. I think the it. biggest knock on him is who his number two was. The guy that shoots up Pops is oh, the yeah, barbershop. Like, uh, fucking zip or not zip? No, uh, not zip. Tone. Tone. That's it. Yeah, I was gonna call him like Toki or something yeah. like that. Like, that's not it. Yeah, tone. zips his other poopy number two later. Yeah, he has a lot of goobers <laughs> under his like immediately. Now shades is like his unofficial right hand man, and that's only because it's he's appointed been to him. Yeah. It's appointed to him. His actual guys are just straight up gangsters, and they're all just idiots. It's essentially like because the way I kind of equate it is that he. Uh, Cottonmouth is essentially what would happen if Stringer Bell had managed to get out of the game and did go legitimate, essentially. Like, he'd still be doing shady business shit, but he'd actually... He's nowhere be... near as good as Stringer Bell. No, but I mean just the idea of, like, uh, the criminal who's rose, risen above that, because he doesn't like being called Cottonmouth anymore. He actually has, like, a legitimate name with legitimate business. Yeah. It's all still used to fund, like, you know, to fund crime, but he's gone straight... But if Stringer Bell did, Industries. Yeah, but if String did that and then just still kept Bodie and <laughs> fucking Poot as his, like, right-hand man. my and, like, Shamrocks. Yeah. yeah, like, still keeping those guys on to be, like, my the guys filling out the rest of my administrative duties in the but office. The, the idiot he had buying all the payphones that <laughs> bought him off Lester. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God damn it. And his girlfriend for some reason. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he had some weaknesses in that department, definitely. But I was start. He had a couple scenes that were cool, and I started to really get with them in that final episode where they started to actually show his backstory, which I guess should have been a sign. Yeah, at that point, I knew he was going to die, and it, it is good, but it still doesn't strengthen him as a villain. If anything, you think that you're like, oh, that sucks. You're almost kind of a tragic yeah. character because you weren't really meant for this. Yeah, it, it's kind of sad. Well, it's kind of cool because you're at least seeing that the dude's great. The moment I was really concerned, though, is I was like, if he does live long, this show is fucked. Because he kills a cop in, like, episode four. And I'm yeah. like, that's in every show that deals with this sort of stuff. They're like, don't ever fucking kill a cop. Because mm -hmm. you immediately bring everything down on you. No one's gonna... They will not tolerate you killing no. him. 
And he just straight up, like, murders one in episode four because he's angry. I'm like, ooh, there's, like, nine episodes left in this series. I don't see how he's going to dodge this one forever. No. And, um... The dude lives long enough to tell everyone else who did it, too. It's not even like, oh, he killed this cop. Who did it? It's like, a Cottonmouth did it. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. And Cottonmouth's played by, uh... I forget the actor's name, but he if you've seen House of Cards, he plays Remy who also turns out to be a huge bust after looking kind of cool for a little bit. But, um, yeah, way too often his response to things is just to laugh. Like, someone's like, I think you're a flaming cocksucker. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) which you can't do that every episode. Like, you actually have to have something in the chamber to say back to people. It was weird. It was like a tick that almost didn't seem to have a trigger. Like, he would do it when he's angry. He'd do it when he's happy. He'd do it when, like, he was just kind of bored. Yeah. it's like, you're not the Joker. Like, I don't... Do you find the whole world a joke? Like, where does this come from? Or are you just not bright enough to come up with a comeback? Yeah. It's just strange. Like, I could get it if he was, like, immediately condescending to everybody. So anytime someone has something that's good, to, like, against him, he'd just laugh in response because maybe he doesn't have something good. Yeah. But then sometimes he'd just do it any like for any reason. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd be like... Christmas Addicts is not indefensible. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait and see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you? T- Why was the laugh there then? <laughs> is this a threat? Is this a threatening laugh? What is this? Easily his worst line, and maybe the worst line in the entire show, is, uh, I think it's in the first episode. He's sitting there talking to his, his cousin, who's black, and this, like, Hispanic guy, the drug dealer, and Barbara. they're like, are you sure you can get this done? He's like, UPS ain't the only brown that delivers. Ha ha ha! Like, what are you... You're talking to a bunch of other black people. <laughs> Do you mean we all deliver? I don't... Are we all delivery issues? It's got a lot of lines like that, because I, I think there's a lot of the show that is kind of a throwback to, like, Shaft movies. It's, it's definitely intended... It's definitely and the Misty Knight character. I've heard, to a certain extent, that people are calling this a revolution, or, like, a research... Not a revolution. Essentially, this is... Yeah, the Renaissance, and essentially this has become neo black black exploitation because it it has a lot of the tendencies of the black exploitation mm-hmm. genre, especially like like crazy music coming on during whoop ass scenes and things like yeah. that. But at the same time, it also is trying. It's not like parody. It's a lot of bass well. throughout the entire show. Yeah, it's a lot of times where, like a fight <laughs> comes on. It's like mm-hmm. shit like that coming in, which most of the time I'd say works overall. For yeah, they're never long scenes, so it's just a little bit dips in, dips out. Um, I'd say overall it, it did work, except the Misty Knight character. I could not stand. I liked her. I managed. I got behind her. I mean, I felt bad. That first scene where she meets Luke Cage, he's a dishwasher at a nightclub she's at, and whatever, like the bartender called off, so he had to fill in and wear the bartender suit jacket. Luke Cage, if you don't know, huge black dude. Jacket's definitely tight, and she's like, that suit's a little small. And she's wearing a revealing dress. He looks at her, he's like, that dress is a little small. Like, basically, she just pointed out the truth. Like, hey, that suit's clearly not made for you. And he's like, nice dress, you whore. <laughs> so, you're saying that's on her side? That was the only part of her I liked. Everything else, like, I was so glad that cop ended up, or partner ended up getting killed. Oh, the, he... They're evident, the scenes of them, like, reviewing crime scenes and doing these awful back-and-forth things, by far the worst part of the show. He was pretty annoying until he revealed himself to be evil. Like, Which I was surprised. If he had been a good guy the entire time, I was going to despise the fuck out of him. Because, yeah, yeah any time that he tried to be natural with her, I was like, this dude, like, it's just so queefy and annoying. Yeah. But the moment you find out he's a shithead, and you're like, oh, okay, I could get this guy a lot easier. And dead by the fourth episode, too. Yeah, like, it's like, you find out he's evil, and then he's gone. You're like, phew. 
All right. Yeah, I was surprised because it felt like that was going to be a long running character, and then it's like, oh, he's a bad guy. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it's weird. Like the longest running white character in the show, Shades. Apparently, yeah. he's Hispanic. Is he? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't see that. And the character's name was like Hernan Velasquez or something. Yeah, they, then I guess there's just no long running white people in that show. And uh, no, unfortunately, <laughs> fucking Levy from The Wire. Yeah. I guess. In the, four episodes. The eight minutes of screen time he has in the yeah. entire series. Um, that, to me, is probably the worst part of Luke Cage, though. Is that moment they have to get the bullet out of him, and there's, like, an entire episode yeah. dedicated to, like, just dipping him in acid to remove it. I was like, it just goes on for so long. Yeah. Because I actually did like when they were like, all right, there's a bullet. Essentially, like, anti-tank rounds are actually able to hurt him because yeah. they just roll through his skin and, like, explode. And how his powers were actually... they're made then, to go through steel. Yeah. yeah. And his powers were actually then killing him because his, like, muscles were... It's not rejecting the... It can't push the... Steel out. The steel it's actually out, pushing yeah. them in further. I was like, that's actually kind of cool in, like, a really terrifying situation. Yeah. You've, you've given Superman his kryptonite, essentially, mm-hmm. in a much more grounded sense than a rock that just makes you weak. And it was interesting to see how they were going to try to get it out. But it's like an entire episode... And a half, basically, devoted to just dipping him in acid, like, burning hot it's acid. It's long, yeah. Out. On a little side trip to South Carolina. Yeah. It's just like, oof. Like, it seems like there's other stuff we need to be doing right now. Where I guess he was just dying in a car for 15 hours on the way yeah, out. Yeah, I guess it's pretty brutal. Um, a few things I just jotted down in no particular order. Uh, the scene between him and Misty Knight where they have sex. A really graphic titty squeezing scene. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know what he's getting into. You're like... Oh, okay, man, I'm getting this Luke Cage. He know where it's coming down. Yeah. He know what the business is. Uh, the scene where, um, I forget, it, they show it a couple times, like a flashback kind of thing, where he's standing outside the the Christmas Attic Center, and then some guy comes up oh. behind him with a gun, and he's like, what you doing here, N-word? And he's like, you have the nerve to call me that in a building named after one of our greatest heroes? I was hoping it would pan over and it was a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> One, Colonel Sanders is white. Two, they know Colonel Sanders. He's a marketing thing. <laughs> Wasn't a real colonel. <laughs> you have the nerve to insult me in front of one of our great black war heroes. Like, Turns around the like, Willy Wonka chocolate factory here. <laughs> the Popeye's Bobby chicken Trump. girl store. <laughs> Not a Popeye's chicken. It's just the woman from the commercials has like a merchandise store. It's the Aunt Jemima factory. Like <laughs> Zatarain's rice <laughs> store. Like, hey. It is Chuck E. Cheese. He's like, $20 for two large pizzas and 10 bucks in tokens? That man is a god in what's meant. <laughs> you had many ideas. But yeah, but you couldn't get any toppings. And really, if we think about it, was that pizza just good because we were kids? Yeah. Think back to it. Did you even like the pizza, or was you kind of annoyed you had to stop playing video games to eat pizza? Oh, super annoyed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Oh, you're right, man. <laughs> oh, holy shit, this pizza blows. <laughs> yeah, I'm destroying the shit out of this Chuck E. Cheese. Um, it's a... Uh, a lot of uh, kind of black stuff that I was proud of myself for getting, including one scene, which I definitely didn't, and we'll go over that. But okay. when Cottonmouth is getting his neck shaved, he's like, you should let you should let me use the clippers. You're going to bump up. Like, oh, that's right. Black people don't like straight razors, or can't use straight razors because it makes their skin bump up on their neck. But then uh, immediately, and I was like, oh, I do know black people. And then immediately into the black poetry <laughs> discussion. I told you about this going into it, because it was like, there's a scene. Essentially, there's a, uh, is that a, just a loud fart? 
For me? Yes. No, it may be a shift in the chair. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, that was <laughs> so just, I was like, my I hope. pants just go flying to the wall across the room. <laughs> Slap me in the face. I'm stalling, looking. I was like, did you just fart? Like, with your pants covering my face, so I can't even see it, but I just boy, like, did you just fart? Still inquisitively, like, what happened? <laughs> I'm farting in. <laughs> Scooting across the ceiling like Mr. Mackey from South Park. Like, oh no! Mikey, are you farting? My face just covered in diarrhea. <laughs> the Scooby Doo leg to get out of it. Did you just fart? No. <laughs> that was a mistake. I was going to say, did you just poop all over my face? But I definitely know the answer. <laughs> did you just poop all over my face and I just ate it with a big giant Scooby Doo leg? Well, I guess that's a rhetorical question. Oh, I'm like, Hulk, my powers have finally been used against me. Oh. Oh. There's a scene in The Wire where there's a character who's like, uh, essentially like a very sophisticated assassin, black assassin. Oh, Brother Bazone? Yeah, who asked for two magazines, and they were both, uh, like, Harper and... And New Republic, or... New Republic. Colliers. Something like that, and, like... If you don't know what they were, you will actually like looked up and like, oh, like there's like black liberal magazines. Yeah, yeah, like very upscale though. Like you would have to, you're not gonna see it in a newsweek yeah. stand anywhere or something like that. And I was telling you, like, there's a scene in the in the Luke, Luke Cage. I feel like almost had to have seen that. I was like, we can one up them on that, as it's just an immediate back and forth on what I assume are black poets, just one after another, in like a three minute long conversation. I went into it because there's a scene before where you see a, a book on Luke Cage's bed, The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, which I did read at one point. And I was like, okay, I feel like I'm... Because you told me about the scene going before and how you didn't know any of the names. I'm like, I feel like, you know, I got Invisible Man. I feel like I'm probably... Christopher's probably just a big racist goober mark. I'm sure I'll know some of these names. <laughs> not a one. Not a, not even faintly familiar. <laughs> yeah. It's not like... It's and not they like, could have been listing the Michael Crichtons of the black author community, and I still was like, never heard of you. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, oh, well, uh, we'll, we'll just drop some female poets yeah, If you're waiting here. for Maya Angelou, didn't come up. Yeah, that's, like, that was the one you first brought up. You're like, Maya Angelou? I'm like, no. I would have gotten that. <laughs> I'm not a pig. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I'm not completely retarded. <clears throat> yeah, it's like... And then I just started, I was like, oh, what was the girl that did what? By, why I know why the cage bird sings? You're like, no. Did, I just, I don't know who it is. I know it's not, that name didn't come up. It's just like five in a row of just names. I'm like, I have no idea. Who is this? If you listed their names and were like, are they a black, a prominent black author or a mud wrestling champion? <laughs> It'd be a coin flip. E- equal chance. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Swampy Tillman. Oh, that really sounds like a good mud wrestling name. <laughs> That's a great mud wrestling name if I had to have one, yeah. Uh, but no, there's, like, and the scene when it happens, it's just interesting because you're like, who is this for? Like, is this for the very high class, sophisticated black people watching Marvel superheroes? <laughs> like a Marvel shows? superhero show on Netflix? That all, like, an episode before featured a very exploitative fucking black on black sex scene? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or is the or are you just like yeah we're just gonna flex our our muscles here a little bit yeah I I don't know it was definitely for somebody and it never happens again yeah it's not like it's like a reoccurring theme throughout the show or even like for that episode it's just like a scene that happens it's like the same thing at Pop's bar where they or Pop's uh, shop where they have like the list of people who get free haircuts 
Mm-hmm. And it's all like prominent black athletes. You're like, okay, I understand those. I know those players mostly. Yeah, exactly. like, even if there's one name I don't, I still get that list. Mm-hmm. But this one, it's just back and forth. I'm like, who is this for? <laughs> Why? It's I so really wrong. Feel crazy. Have I gone insane? While Am I dumb? Here? Am I this dumb? Am I a racist? <laughs> because I don't know any of these black poets. Um, another scene I, I thought was curious when Misty shows up at Pops to investigate, <clears throat> and she meets Luke. And they actually, I guess they never exchanged names. <laughs> and he finally, he actually learns her name, and he says, looks like you found some better clothes to audit in. Like, oh, why don't you just, in front of a bunch of people, like, oh, why don't you just tell everyone you fucked me on the first night? <laughs> like, could you be a little bit more coy about this? <laughs> I just, I showed you a badge and told you I'm an officer. You're really going to be like, how's it going, cupcake? <laughs> oh, I see you found pants that don't show off your pants. Oh, did you, you, you found another pair of pants after you left yours at my place last night. Like, oh, come oh, on. Oh, you do own a dress that goes past your butt cheeks. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> I'm an officer. You have to treat me with some respect. It's a law. Uh, oh, another cotton mouth line. Uh, you're fired. No. Wait, who is this to? Uh, I think it was to the, um, the hostess that witnessed. Oh, okay. Or no, it's someone else. He no. fired someone. He goes, you're fired. It's like, no, it's Luke Cage from oh, yeah, yeah. Cottonmouth owns the club that he's a dishwasher at. You're fired. No, I'm not. I quit before I walked in. I was like, is it a black thing? You don't get that. If you don't notify somebody, you don't, it's not quitting if your manager doesn't know about it. <laughs> It's not Queen if you just decide to stop showing up to work. That's you not coming in and getting fired. fired. Yeah. It's not quitting if your boss doesn't know about it. Yeah. That's where Sean's like, no, I really relate to Luke Cage. No, I've quit a bunch of jobs. <laughs> like, that I can't go back to ever. <laughs> How did you quit them, Sean? <clears throat> I stopped showing up for a while, didn't tell them, and then stopped going. Changed my phone number, blocked them. <laughs> stopped going to that restaurant. Went to a different Applebee's. <clears throat> started cooking there. Under a fake name. Like, I showed up. He's like, hey, Sean. He's like, no, no. Here, I'm Geraldo. <laughs> Thanks for calling KPPL. What hit song would you like to hear? <laughs> what? Um, we sort of talked about the shootout scene where Pops dies. It's just ridiculously over the top. Like This guy, who has somehow has become Cottonmouth's number two, just starts firing indiscriminately... After Cottonmouth specifically said, oh, we'll take care of it in the morning. Yeah. Has completely ignored that order, driven there at night, and with two gigantic Uzis just fired almost with his eyes closed into this... <laughs> he might as well have been wearing sunglasses and then, like, maybe, like, a mask over top <laughs> yeah. of the hat as he's just, like, going through... It'd be like... All right. Because at this point, they don't even know Luke Cage is bulletproof yet. No. They don't know that. So he had no idea to think, like, I need to bring more and more bullets in case this guy's, like, bigger ones, in case yeah. the ones don't work. He goes into the store, and his plan's just to kill Pops, who's a, like, what? Not fat, Pops, the witness. The witness. And But still Pops is there, and still, like, a 65, fat, old guy. Yeah. And for some reason, doesn't go in with, like, a silencer or even just a handgun. Goes in with, like, essentially, like... A pair of, like, yeah, as you said, Uzis, like machine guns just yeah. going across the store. It's, I guess that's a part of just how, like, the comic book side of it. Because I'll be honest, the craziest scene to me in the entire show is when, like, Luke Cage is sitting there talking with the old the Chinese lady that, that he rents his apartment from. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to protect you guys, and that's going forward. And she's like, thank you, Luke Cage. And, like, closes up on fucking Cottonmouth on top of the building. He's like, 
I'm gonna get you, Luke Cage, and then this up like a rocket launcher. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, this escalated crazy quickly. I don't care where you are, that's gonna be national headlines. <laughs> There's no Chinese way this... restaurant blown up with rocket launcher Our... in, Man- in, New York, in Manhattan. <laughs> RPG fired at Chinese restaurant. It's so like this is drastic measures. That came up. It was another one where it's like the cottonmouth's not a very good villain. <laughs> I've heard that's actually something from the comics at some point, but it was so ludicrous to see it on screen, because to this point, you just think he's like a regular gangster, and you can't comprehend something like that happening in The Wire, where, like, fucking, for whatever reason, like, Avon's just like, we're going to take this guy out. Hold on. Does it himself. Yeah, I need to stabilize this RPG that I'm going to be firing myself into 2016 security For my 150-pound frame. Yeah. That I'm then going to just, I guess, drop and then run down this rooftop. It's not like I have a helicopter here. No. And just casually escape without Because there's anyone. no way it's going to be swarming with police yeah. within 30 seconds you know, of that like, happening. With everyone, I guess, just not asking why, like, a well-dressed aristocrat from essentially uptown Harlem is down here, like, casually, like, with missile launcher. No, I don't think I heard one. I hadn't heard any. I've been farting a lot today, though. A lot of beans, so <laughs> yeah, might have so drowned it out. I probably just farted over the explosion. All right. Well, take it easy, Mr. Stokes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, the Chinese lady... Uh, the one scene where uh, Luke Cage is walking by the restaurant and sees her sees her despairingly paying her bills right by the window for anyone to see. Where, like, she's got like her hand in her head like, oh my! And she's looking at bills like, why would you do that right by the window? <laughs> <laughs> Just like to let everybody know, like, we're in real trouble. down. I don't know if everything's going to be right for me and my family. You know, the issue with the New York in this Marvel universe is shopkeepers just aren't very smart. <laughs> no. You got some that are trying to hawk child porn to you. You got others just doing their taxes in the like broad daylight in the front of the window. What's his name? Uh, Tone. So he shoots up Pops' place. And this insanely over-the-top, probably one of the three or four most expensive scenes in it with just how many bullets he fires. And uh, into this place that he, at best, he had okay to kill the witness at the best meanwhile in this place it's the witness luke cage pops a child getting his hair cut and his mom who's been just throwing her pussy at luke cage the entire time and i think the kid gets hit i wish they had done it where uh as the kid's getting wheeled away she's like oh thank god you saved him luke so what do you coffee later maybe <laughs> i don't like coffee i get it it's it's sex. I'm asking, do you want to have sex? <laughs> he goes to... Tone then goes to, to meet Cottonmouth. And starts bragging. Still under the impression that he's done a good job for some reason, without even confirming that he's killed the witness, which he hasn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> witness... The whole reason, the witness is still alive. He... Yeah, to... to just in case you're listening to this, you haven't watched the cage, you're just curious what this all is. The reason that... Cottonmouth hasn't just ordered a hit on this witness that could potentially, like, really fuck up his his whole yeah. operation is because the kid right now is staying at Pop's place. And Pop's was essentially Cottonmouth's mentor, and his place is considered Switzerland in, like, the rest of the, like, entire, like, streets. Like, yeah. if you're there, you're just sick. Never on a Sunday. Yeah, like exactly. That, that kind like, of that kind of logic. So he's like, I'm gonna go... And actually, Luke Cage had been there earlier to essentially negotiate, like, a... Uh, a parlay mm-hmm. that Cottonmouth would come and meet with Pops and they'd try to work out some kind of deal to get this kid protection that he wouldn't be killed and, like, return he wouldn't testify mm-hmm. or something like that. 
Uh, Tone just assumes then, I'll just go kill him. And I'll kill Pops, who's not subtly a mentor to Cotton yeah. Like, it's not like this is a secret friendship they've had. It's very well known. Mm-hmm. And just, that's the only one he should know he killed. Because yeah. he nails him like three times in the back. Yeah. And just to go in, and then when he meets Cottonmouth, calls him Cottonmouth. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm sorry, shit happened, Cottonmouth. Like, <laughs> how did you get to number two in this organization? It's like seven times in the past two episodes, people have like very bluntly been like, don't call him Cottonmouth. He hates You should that. know more than everyone. <laughs> you, more than anyone should know this. You're the one who's told like three or so people <laughs> to this point, don't call him Cottonmouth. He hates that. <laughs> hates it. Detests it. <laughs> and he still does it. Yeah, it's still like, yo, Cottonmouth, she got real! <laughs> but I did good, right? I mean, I do like the scene of Cottonmouth throwing him, oh, like, oh, you're here to collect the reward? We'll collect it from Mr. Bear. and just throws him off the... Top of the yeah. building. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I do like, like, Shades even giving him a little respect, too. Like, alright, I guess you got the balls to kill your own yeah. man, at least. You know the saddest thing about Cottonmouth dying is... You kind of feel, I mean, just the way Shades is like Diamondback's representation on the show up until Diamondback makes his appearance. And, you know, Diamondback's referenced several times. Maybe he's not directly Cottonmouth's boss, but he's a more powerful figure that Cottonmouth relies on for whatever supplies. And the whole time, yeah, and Cottonmouth's like, Shades, why are you here? Because Diamondback sends him down. And Cottonmouth's suspicious, like, oh, you guys are just trying to take over Harlem. Like, that's the end game here. And that's what you kind of, I, as a viewer, kind of assumed, too, was that the end game was like, oh, we'll just take over Harlem if he fucks up. But then Diamondback actually, after Cottonmouth's dead, Diamondback actually shows up, and he's like, why'd you kill my friend? And I was like, oh, wait, Diamondback was on his side? He was, but I still think that that was what's going to happen. Because even in that situation where fucking... He does that whole speech where he calls him a friend, though. Yeah, but he's insane. Like, he's insane the entire time. And even in... But at that point, you're not sure he's insane. And in that situation, too, like, you see Shades trying to have, like, logical plans. That Diamondback's like, no, shut up. I got a plan to get us out of here. What is it? I'll figure it out. Like, he just does muscle in in situations. So if he probably did have to intervene in getting rid of Luke Cage... You, it probably would have ended up with him taking over the majority of Harlem. Probably, but it did seem like he had like some respect for Cottonmouth. Yeah, he like, does. Was, like oddly speaks of him as he does seem pretty friends. upset to find out Cottonmouth's dead. Yeah, and like pretty upset when he finds out who killed him too. Yeah. And you're like, what? What's like? It's weird because there was there's no scene of those two together. No. Literally, the episode Cottonmouth dies is the episode Diamondback comes in. Should have gotten there a little earlier. Yeah, like, <laughs> ten minutes earlier, you could have really changed something. I mean, let's be honest, Cottonmouth probably still would have ended up dead. Oh, yeah. It's, not, it's not like Team Diamondback did great. <laughs> <laughs> Almost assuredly, but... I mean, at least Diamondback did actually, like, put him in a sit... And he almost did kill Luke Cage at least twice. Yeah. I thought he was going to crush him in the truck at one point. I mean, I guess it wouldn't have worked, but no. I thought that's how it was going to go. I did, too, yeah. Too. I was like... Yeah, throw him into the trash compactor. But easily in one episode, he's done way more than Cottonmouth did in five. So. Yeah. Um, see here. Uh, a couple scenes I thought were... Oh, uh, can we agree that had they not fucked him over on Captain America 2, Terrence Howard would have been Diamondback? It feels like, it definitely feels like a Terrence Howard kind of yeah, over-the-top performance. 
And does that feel like a Roman for me? Uh, Leviticus chapter 7. Yeah, one of the 36 powers of principles of power. Luke Cage, if you ever thought about it, 9 plus 1 doesn't really equal 10. I think <laughs> what? I, I think... I think it was the Double Toasted review of it they were talking about, too, that I guess of that, like, 36 principles of power or something that he, like, continues to speak about. I never heard of that before, so... Apparently that is something real, and in that does have a lot of things that would suggest he would just muscle in and take over everything. But it's not a Bible thing, right? No, it's just another kind of, like, philosophy thing, I think, that came in. I guess it's just all sorts of spiritual stuff he picked up in prison. Yeah. I mean, he's an interesting character. I could have done with a little less Bible quoting from a guy that's obviously, like, a psychopath. And <laughs> It's so strange. Like, I still think he's a great villain. Like, he's just kind of... I think he's one of the better Marvel ones. Yeah. Like, against Kilgrave and Kingpin, he's not anywhere in their league. But he's still, I think, hands above everything yeah. from the movies, essentially, outside of maybe Z. Yeah, I think he could be a fantastic, like, secondary villain in a movie. Yeah, something like that. It's just... He Change has, the costume, though. He's... Uh, the costume is a little tough to get around. <laughs> again, but I, I was able to buy into it enough to not... But assuming Levy's gonna make him into another Luke Cage, so hopefully he won't need a stupid costume. Yeah, hopefully not. But it's so crazy, like, just how weird he is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it's tough to explain. He's not... I think I initially said theatrical to you. I really thought, I pictured a guy in, like, the gayest snake costume I could envision. (laughs) Like, like, like a snake version of Dr. Frank Frank Frankenfurt. Hello there, Luke Cages. (laughs) There's no S at the end. (laughs) There's no S in my name. (laughs) No, it's not like that, but he's just so... Carl Lucas? Yeah. (laughs) He's just so weird, and he just has this very, like, particular way of talking, and, like, it's as though he's following an inner logic that no one else can follow. Yeah. Like, everything has to be, like, almost a parable for him to talk about it. Probably a guy that talks to himself a lot. Yeah. Like, it's it's always, like, Luke Cage... Like, regardless of whether... Luke Cage has escaped, like, well, the worm always escapes before the bird snatches it up. Yeah. And then walks away from a scene, and the other dude's like, so so what are we doing? Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't... That didn't explain anything to me. Like, regardless of if there was even anybody in the room, he would have said exactly the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, It's so weird... It's not like it's it's like a uh, like a kind of narmy good kind of like weird though like I'm able to enjoy it. I feel like it'd be so easy for other people but like this dude's just stupid. Like I don't get it. He's unsettling. He like in a in an era where like Luke Cage is kind of I mean you could put him that he's more powerful than a lot of the mutants that aren't Thor or Hulk that you've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's nigh indestructible. But you still like I never once thought that Cottonmouth was ever going to get the jump on him. I never yeah. thought like but him, Diamondback, it, you do kind of think, like, all right, he might be a credible threat. It's it's helped significantly that, like, Diamondback's introduction is him hitting him with, uh, essentially, that kryptonite bullet. Slaughtering him. So yeah. you're like, okay, this dude actually can kill this guy. It would be like... It's like how... As successful as he is, unfortunately, can only afford three bullets? Did they... Was that what was he established? Only had, he only had three bullets the first time. He has more later on, but then he's already, like... He's already watering down his production to, like, mass-produce it. So oh, that, to do, like, less powerful machine gun Yeah, so then he's... Clips. Yeah, so then he's essentially just relying on that, like, vibration technology or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, like, it's, it's... It'd be, like, in a situation otherwise if, like, Superman showed up into a scene and it's like... You know, fucking metal, not metal. I guess he has kryptonite, like core, but I don't know, like um, just some other 
uh, like Doc, uh, Mr. Freeze shows okay. up and he's like, I'm going to fight you. You're like, maybe you're credible. Not against this guy, though. Like, you don't have the one thing that takes him down or anything like that. Oh, yeah, like, like when the Riddler's like, well, looks like I'm fist fighting Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's do this. But, like, but you're not going I, to beat I don't him. know how to tell you this. Any other, any other thing's a better idea. <laughs> so, like, having that dude come in and immediately being like, I got this dude's, like, fucking number, at least. Yeah. Help, like, goes a long way to making sure he can actually stay credible as a villain. Because... If he didn't have that, and he was still just as theatrical, or not theatrical, but just as weird and, like, off-kilter, you'd be like, what a fucking lame villain. Like, he has so much swagger and confidence, yeah. despite the fact he has nothing backing it up, yeah. like, our knowledge. Because even that vibration technology doesn't actually, like, whoop Luke Cage's ass. Like, by that point, it's essentially a fist fight between them. Yeah. And at that, it doesn't really have the same impact at that point. No. As, like, shooting him with a bullet that just explodes shrapnel and, like, his fucking abdomen. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, that, I still kind of like the actual ending, though. Did they ever explain why he's called Diamondback? No. Which is weird, because there's a ten-minute scene of him explaining his entire backstory. I still don't... Which I thought was a little too much. Like, I didn't need this. I didn't need every single second of it. Especially since, spoilers again, he doesn't die at the end. Yeah, there's a second season, presumably he'll be in it. Yeah. Um, I still don't entirely get all the backstory between him and Luke Cage. I get a large portion of it. They're, He's his half-brother. They're, they're actually half-brothers. His, like, Luke Cage is the actual, like, legitimate son of a pastor and his Luke wife. Luke Cage never figured it out, despite somehow almost practically like walking, walking in, in on, on his dad banging <laughs> Diamondback's mom. He just, I guess, repressed it. But, uh, yeah, he essentially, Diamondback's... His... Diamondback's mom's super hot, by the way. Yeah, she was. I would I would definitely have gone... She can be Mr. Flabby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Flabby. Uh... But essentially, like, you know, Diamondback was the kid that didn't get the name. He was the Jon Snow, essentially, like, had to take yeah. a fake name and always kind of knew he was Luke Cage's yeah. brother and just had to not say anything about it. And then a situation... They, got a re- they stole a car for basically joyriding, like, kid shit, got caught. And, yeah. Luke Cage's dad vouched for Luke Cage, and he got a slap on the wrist, didn't vouch for... Uh, Diamondback. Diamondback went to, like, hard prison, had to kill somebody in self-defense, like, the first month he was there, and they got sent to really hard boy prison when he was, like, 16. Yeah, and then that that's where I start losing, because I'm like, and Diamondback was responsible for Luke Cage getting framed and going to prison, or... <laughs> that I'm not sure I'm not about. entirely sure what happened, and apparently the chick that he was with in prison was actually, like, secretly, like, not in love with him, but was, or... Cause she get she shows that tape yeah, that Levy sure. had where yeah. she was basically talking about their like how she was using that yeah, relationship yeah. to get closer. Probably to not in love with him. But they were married for a while too. Like that was still a thing. Like they ran away together and became fugitives together. Oh, is that the girl that that's gets the one ki- that, that gets that's killed? Jessica Jones. Jessica kills? Jones. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I'm like, I don't get where that came in then. So like, I guess she just changed her no. mind and never told him. I'll be honest, uh, if I had to say one critique, I, too many love stories with Luke Cage. Like, yeah, between Misty Knight and Night Misty Nurse Knight, and yeah. the Reba and the flashbacks, it's like, I could do and with the, less of this. And the mom throwing pussy at him, like, every other scene. Yeah. I mean, it is odd Jessica Jones doesn't come up once. <laughs> yeah, it was a little... I mean, they mentioned Jessica a couple times. But you, in the black community, you can't let black women find you banged a white chick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, uh, it, it's poison. <laughs> I guarantee if, like, all of a sudden you found out tomorrow that Obama had, like, a baby mom from, like, before he was even married, like, to some white girl, his numbers would plummet <laughs> amongst the black female community. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, you fucking bitch! <laughs> what? 
Um, so the police stopping Luke Cage after Diamondback shot him. And they're like, hey, do you have ID? And Luke Cage says, I need ID to walk. You're staggering down the street, bleeding profusely. And you're still like, what, I can't just do this? Is that not okay? <laughs> and I did think it was interesting that they noted that it was the black officer that shot him in that scene. Because mm-hmm. it's a white officer and a black officer. I wonder if they just thought, like, nah, let's, no need Maybe to. too much on the nose, I guess, yeah. if they do the white officer part. Mm-hmm. But there was a big statement made, essentially, throughout the movie of just, like... Because, essentially, Luke Cage doesn't wear an outfit. He's not, like, a hero. Like, his, he doesn't have a name or anything like that. He just goes by Luke Cage. And his superhero outfit is, essentially, just a hoodie. Mm-hmm. They were trying to, like, make a big statement with that, I think, because of the Trayvon Martin. Yeah, oh, definitely. Which I'm fine with. Yeah, because there's that big scene with him and Method Man, too, where he's like, I'll already hit it, you man. But that scene where the cops are looking for him... He gets away with a lot of street walking, being a six foot four black dude in a hoodie. I mean, even in Harlem, you think that would be he would stick out. Yeah, because he's easily like two hundred and twenty pounds muscle. Yeah, it's essentially like if Terry Crews was walking down the street. Yeah, I would at least turn my attention to it. <laughs> yeah. Like I may not stop it, but I'd at least be like, "Who's that?" Like hulking fucking <laughs> Ebony Adonis. This is Adonis. I knew that Nate word was going to come up. <laughs> Who's Black Hercules over here? Who's that work of chocolate art? <laughs> Come here, Willy Wonka. He's like, get away. Uh, after Luke Cage gets shot, and we're talking about they drive him down to South Carolina to meet the doctor in prison that basically inadvertently created him. Mm-hmm. And he's been dying for, I guess, a 15-hour car ride from New York City to South Carolina. And as soon as he sees the doctor, he goes, what's up, doc? I've always wanted to say that. I was like, dying and delusional, I can't excuse that. <laughs> that that's such a horrible piece of dialogue. And, and there's there's a lot of comic booky lines. I actually, I will say, I liked Mike Coulter's Luke Cage more from this than I did from his time as Luke Cage on Jessica Jones. Like, based solely off of what I saw on Jessica Jones, it's like, he's unremarkable, he's kind of flat, a little bit boring. In this, he still has those moments, but he does carry himself with... I guess there's a swagger to it that's maybe just very subtle that once you pick up on is okay, but it does leave him prone to like those like cartoonishy yeah. one-liners at times. He's like a poorly done black Captain America, where he's this kind of cheesy Boy Scout at times and like go swear jar and yeah. I mean, I, I get. I don't, I don't think it's done nearly well enough. I get those things though. Like, I get why they're like, look, let's not have him swear on us because they're trying to actually like you know this is easily the most prominent black superhero character on television. Yes, I know CW has like five black sidekick <laughs> characters in all their shows, and I know there are a couple in Marvel movies And the Marvel well. movies, yeah. But the fact that like, this is a dude who's like the leading man in his own show, it's a you know show heavily put upon a black culture, mm-hmm. they wanted to have like a role model character who doesn't swear and sure. stands up for things like that. But yeah, like being also the good guy. and doesn't call him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not perfect. Well, it's also weird because he's that, but he's also like next to Jessica Jones, like the one who's just so fucking hard to wrangle into actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like the first like five episodes of the series, it's just like, aren't you going to do something with these powers? Like, eh. It takes like three different people dying before he's yeah. finally like, all right, I guess I'll just do this. Time to stand up for the... <laughs> neighborhood I've lived in for seven months. <laughs> for a week and a couple months. <laughs> I love his, his speech at Pop's funeral. Uh, I think it would have been great if it goes too long and he exposes that he's not really from Harlem. It's like, and we all love, you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and 
Coney Island hot dogs. And, <laughs> and we all love... That McDonald's. We all love our beloved Harlem Knicks. <laughs> um, Driving down Madison Avenue. Oh, I'm sorry. I, decided, I remember when I decided I hated Misty Knight. When Misty Knight dismisses reading body language from a suspect as, quote, detective's wives' tale. Yeah, that was horseshit. <laughs> Isn't I'm that like, insane? Because doesn't she put someone on a lie detector test at one point? Yeah, I believe so. That's horseshit. If you're, like, reading body language, that's ridiculous science. Now put on these fucking now, electrodes. Just staring at a map and somehow psychically taking myself to the, yeah, <laughs> the scene of the, the crime, crime scene. With detail that's far too specific at times. And it's it's two shots. Like, no forensic evidence suggests... Like, look, either one hand is like, you didn't do anything. Because essentially, she's, she's actually visualizing the scene where Cottonmouth falls from the window, lands, but isn't dead, crawls to the stage, and then is, like, pounded over and over again to death. She's watching this, and she's like, he didn't die from the fall. He crawled to here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. Either forensic evidence found blood that suggested it. In which case, this isn't actually a revelation. You're just repeating that information in a very theatrical way. Or two, how the fuck did you know that? Yeah. Like, how did you know that he fell, is she a mutant survived? As well? Yeah, like, what's, what, what, what is this all stuff that's coming in here? But the scene where it's, you know, after they busted up, basically everybody but Diamondback, mm-hmm. and it's her lieutenant, like, alright, well, I'll question these suspects. Um, you know, here's my suggestion. Look at Shades. He's in there, like, as cool as a cucumber, relaxing, kicking his feet up. He knows he's not going anywhere. Probably not going to tell you anything. Meanwhile, Goober, fat henchman over there, is sweating bullets, looking around. (laughs) Just, yeah, like, hand him a cup of ice, and he'll probably spill the beans on everybody he possibly can. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, that's just old detective wives' tale. (laughs) And she doesn't question him, or at least you don't see her question, Sugar. She goes and questions Shades, who basically just tells her to fuck off for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, just tells her to go eat a bag Lord of shit. Your. Yeah, like just over and over again. And still acts indignant when he does that to her. Like, you piece of shit, let me tell you what. It's just like, what did you expect from him? plane fall apart. He's <laughs> easily proven himself to be the most competent member of this organization. Meanwhile, there's plenty of stories about Shug getting his ass beat up at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> like, it's, meanwhile, I don't know if you've seen the rogues gallery of goobers that make up the cotton mouth. <laughs> hierarchy it's it's crazy how much that happens in there uh, speaking of this stuff I don't think it's come up yet I'm kind of curious what were your feelings on uh, uh, Maria or Mariah sorry oh um, I like the actress um, the character I thought was okay at times she was interesting at times she got kind of boring she, there's a potential if she's going to become like you know whatever like the female kingpin of Harlem next season. Uh, I did kind of, I got, my interest got peaked a little bit, like, when her assistant turned out to be pretty capable, mm-hmm. or at least fairly capable, at least way more capable than anyone that was in Cottonmouth's crew. Yeah, and it's weird, because I'll, I'll say this flat out, I think this had the best ending of any of the next Netflix shows. Because I thought Daredevil season one kind of ended on, like, a little bit of a weak note. Yeah, where, like, I'd agree. Um, all that stuff happens. Daredevil season two was almost, like the end of that was just lame. Mm-hmm. It's like the rooftop fight. Yeah, yeah. And even Jessica Jones, like I thought there would have been a cooler climax to that whole encounter than just what happened at the docks. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel as big as it should have been. But with this, I thought like, yeah, the fight in the streets with like all of Harlem watch was kind of cool. And then just the fact that it ends in a way that's like the heroes win in a way, but then they can't like 
Luke Cage is going to prison because he, you know, his past is finally catching up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not every villain gets taken down. Like, Mariah yeah. gets away because that's just how the political system works. They yeah. don't have enough evidence to put her down. And she's going out with Shades and that assistant with her, too, to presumably stay in as, you know, like the criminal startup in Harlem again. Yeah. And then you get the hint that, oh, Diamondback also survived. And Immediately, that club like, might be hard to get back on its feet. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be tough to do that. Yeah, for it's... Heaven's Gate, or what's it called? Oh, Harlem's yeah, Paradise. Harlem's Paradise. Yeah, that one's going to be a little tough to get going. But it's just the idea of, like, oh, the season doesn't end with everybody getting, like, a happy ending and high yeah. fives. And that's where I think it also feels a lot like The Wire, where you're like, yeah, I mean, that was a show where, you know, most seasons they got the bad guy in the end, but it was a lot of, like, yeah, we did this, but... But evil still sort of won a portion of the day. Yeah, a lot of times it's like you can't even really stop it because of the way the system works. So I love Luke Cage for that. I like that that's what, like, Mariah's still out there. I would agree with that, yeah. So I think I liked her for that. If she had been beaten at the end of the season and put in prison, I'd have been like, well, this is kind of lame because she killed. It's her killing Diamondback that's kind of a cat, or not Diamondback, uh, Coppermouth that's a catalyst to a lot of things. And that's why Shade starts mentoring her because he's like, I see some, you have that. If you're able to kill your cousin like that, you're cold. Like, you can be a real fucking player in this yeah, game. Just right off the bat, you're smarter than him, obviously. Yeah. So, like, if she had done that and never did, like, another act anywhere near that level and then just got beaten, I'd be like, this mm-hmm. sucks. Like, yeah. why would you even bother killing Diamond Cottonmouth at that point? <laughs> exactly. But then she's got that scene where she's talking to Diamondback on the phone and basically admits to murder on the phone. And even Diamondback comments on it, like, why are you admitting to murder on the phone? <laughs> That was strange, and the one where she's talking to the uh, reporter, who's clearly got an agenda from, like, the first yeah, question. gotcha, kind of, like, like, questions. Three of them in a row, and she just plays along. Like, even when the first one is heavily, like, you're working with your brother to, like, fund crime in Harlem, aren't you? Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, this interview's over. I'm not yeah. giving you anything at that point. <laughs> it's, like, still, like, five questions later, she's like... Uh, my cousin may not be the best man, but I believe he does do good for this, <laughs> yeah. this neighborhood. Like, really? Because it's very public right now that he's a criminal yeah. attached to Christmas Addicts, which was essentially one giant illegal bank within our city. <laughs> for some reason. That yeah. you owned. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, all right, fine. Next question, though. The volleyballs that were always not inflated properly. Yeah. So are we going to move to questions about that park I just set up? Because I yeah. thought that's what this was about. That's... Maybe six questions after you insinuate that I'm part of a very illegal like, crime operation. You had three cups of coffee <laughs> that I made. That's not... <laughs> you whore. Um, let's see here. Uh, I saw... Stanley is on a poster. Yeah. That's was the, that his cameo? Yeah. It's what they've done, I think, in all the Netflix because he's shows. scared to go to Harlem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would fake Harlem. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that, true believers. <laughs> it's the guy who plays Luke Cage. Like, it's an honor to meet you. He's like, take my wallet, please. <laughs> Leave my butthole intact, I beg of you. Oh, Stanley. I'd like to blame it on the age, but he's always been like this. Yeah, no, that's... I think they did the same thing in Luke Kara and Jessica Jones and Daredevil, though. Like, he's just a picture in, like, a police station or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I like the meth... I'm a big Method Man fan. I like the cameo. It's a little odd. Not known for being from Harlem. He's a Staten Island guy. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Wu-Tang crew is, like, specifically... Almost all Staten, Staten Island, Island. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was also just the fact that it still plays into New York. It's still, like, a scene, like... Because that was a big name for them to have on the show in, like, yeah. a cameo, who they... 
I don't know why Marvel fucking does this. Like, right before one of their projects come out, they'll just spoil something huge within it. Mm-hmm. Like, they did it with uh, Ant-Man, where they're like, oh, yeah, he fights Falcon in the movie. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You didn't announce he was in the movie until this last fucking movie trailer came out a day before the movie. And they did that with uh, Luke Cage, where they had an interview with Method Man talking about his scene oh, on the really? show, like, two days before it came out. I didn't see that, thankfully, mm-hmm. but I heard people talking about it. I was like, why would they have done that? Yeah, it seems kind of silly. Because it's, like, it's just a surprise that's in there. Like, for a show that has so much of, like, black music and pop culture as, like, and by far the biggest celebrity pieces. that makes an appearance. Yeah, in. like it's like an actual like black artist of like big fame in the movie. So, yeah, even if you're not a fan of that genre, he's an icon in that genre. Yeah, and I think most people would probably say that they've at least heard of him. Even yeah. if you don't listen to much hip-hop or anything like that, or rap or anything, you'd still at least know of the name. Like if someone says Method Man. Even like, if it's just piece of shit characters on HBO series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you're just like, is he like Ice-T? I'm like, no, but you're in a similar area of mindset, right so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you it. <laughs> no, he's an actual rapper. Yeah. <laughs> but... <clears throat> yeah, no, like, that happens, and it's a pretty cool scene. I actually like the scene more where he goes back and is on the radio station kind of talking about it. Yeah. There's some good kind of lines back and forth on that, and it's like the power statement of the series, essentially. Because mm-hmm. it does, there is, I thought, a decent transition into making it about how a lot of just cops have been killing black people. Yeah. <clears throat> and that... The way they danced a fine line, and I, I think they did it without... I mean, I'm assuming there hasn't been a lot of uproar over it, but I, yeah. I think they did it well enough. So. Yeah, because it wasn't like the show starts from a... dicey topic, certainly. Yeah, well... For it, Disney. They didn't push it either. Like, they didn't make it the entire focal point of the series. It's not like from episode one. It's just like, you cops are all killing us black people, and you don't care about it. It's like, eight episodes in, a situation comes in, and it's actually Mariah technically spinning that you know, situation, that culture in America into, like, something she can use then, Exactly. But it's something that's, like, a real legitimate thing that they're presenting within the show, but it's also being used as the villain for part of her, Mm -hmm. like, way to save political machinations, which I'm sure there are several politicians out there using it like that. Yeah. So I I thought it was really well done. And it doesn't even stay the number one focal point throughout the rest of the series, because, like, it it goes, like, it doesn't go away, but it it fades into the background as, like, more dilemmas start coming up within the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another Misty Night bad cop scene. Uh, losing her phone and not following up with her yeah. only witness, who she just left with an elderly Mexican lady. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's literally gloating about what an airtight case she has against Cottonmouth's cousin. Oh my god, that was easily one of the worst scenes of it. Just because, yeah, like, she, she's like, here's my phone number. I got a burner phone. I'm the only one who has this. So only if you get a call from this phone do you pick it up mm-hmm. and just, I guess, do whatever happens on the other line. Loses the phone. Makes note that she lost it at the time. Like, she's like, you see her lose the phone. Yeah. At which point, then, shit happens. Shades picks up the phone and I guess just figures it out from the number that's programmed pops, in there. yeah. That he's like, okay, this is her. They call her, I guess, just impersonate a woman's voice like, you should come down. Basketball! (laughs) Wear your least bulletproof sweater! They kill the shit out of her, and the entire time this is happening, Misty Knight, it's not as though the entire, like, last two hours has been nonstop, like, running away from, like, a rampaging truck or something like that. Yeah. She's had moments to breathe, and presumably... Literally gloating (laughs) at the police department. And she's in there, yeah, just like, you're going down. I'm going to tell you right now, we have, we have a witness who knows everything, is going to give you up 
and put you away for good. Because I have this phone right here, <laughs> and she's holding up nothing. That's the only way to contact her and kill the shit out of her. It's a half-eaten apple. <laughs> it's like a, like a crunch bar that's very old. It's like, that's like it's a turd. Meanwhile, it like pants to her toilet, and the phone's sitting in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a package of M&M that has like the same so box open and just all the M&M's falling out so meanwhile <laughs> I got this hot number right here <laughs> and you's going away forever because I'm going to contact her and tell her that you are going down to come right here not once boop, 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 boop. hey maybe I should rein this in and check and make sure my witness is still alive I should just I should first just check to have that, make sure I have that one method I need to use to contact her that I still have it. I didn't lose it at that, uh, at the barbershop that was just filled with ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a scene where you're just like, this is really a weird moment of, like, absurd confidence for you. Like, I get that you were just very ecstatic that you, you finally were taking down, like, big corruption within yeah. Harlem. But for God's sake, why did you not check your phone before this? She's not a good cop. I'm sorry. Like, based on that show, she, she's been blessed with this somehow mutant ability <laughs> to transmorph herself into <laughs> to, like, scenes she wasn't at and didn't get that much evidence to even know what really happened. Yeah. Uh, it's not like she has a lot of Columbo moments. But if Misty Knight's not a good cop, is she even Misty Knight? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I don't know if Misty Knight's... I think she's a private detective. Yeah, I think that's what she becomes. So I'm assuming she'll get fired from the police department. Yeah, well, the other big thing is she has... No, they'll robot. make her chief next season, and then she quits, and they beg her to come back. Yeah. Like, you're such a great cop sometimes. <laughs> Misty Knight, we love you. No, because she also has the thing where she loses her arm and gets, like, a robotic prosthetic mm. that Tony Stark makes. And that's what I thought they were doing in this season, because yeah. there's a big thing where they're like, we're going to have to amputate your arm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, this is where she gets the robot arm. But then it's fine at the end of the season. Right? Yeah. Oh, I guess that's just something you're going to save for next season, presumably, if it gets a season two. Uh, I mean, I'm also sitting there, I'm like, do they even bother with the season two, or do they just do Heroes for Hire and do him and Iron Fist? Because that's... Oh, true. Like if they're going to put all four of them together in one show and then just divert them back off into four separate shows again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems kind of silly. If that... Eh, I, get, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, another Luke Cage line when he's talking to the uh, night nurse. Uh, I've heard Cubans are bold and robust. Was she Cuban? She's Hispanic of some I, was, I thought... I'm pretty sure he confirmed she was Cuban before he, he dropped that. Because I thought, and this might just be me mistaken, I thought she like mentioned in something else she was Puerto Rican. She might have. Well, that's really racist if that's what he... <laughs> I mean, that's an exact line. <laughs> I hope it's like some eternal consistency dude at Marvel who just saw that episode. He's like, oh God, she's Puerto Rican. Oh, oh. no. No one will notice. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird line. We all know Cubans are bold and robust. <laughs> I'll note, it's it's that and the, the coffee line that anytime those two are interacting, I was always like, Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, always like a moment of like, Bleh. like roll the eyes to the side. <laughs> <Barf. laughs> um, last thing I've written is, who do you think Romeo is? And do you think it'll come up? Romeo. It's uh, Zip's older brother. He's mentioned a couple times by Shades and I think Luke... Uh, not Luke Cage, maybe Pop. Someone else mentions Romeo, too. I thought I heard there And I looked him up. There's not, like, really an established Romeo in the Marvel. At least no one that would seem to match up with who this would be. I thought I actually heard there is, like, a four-man group that essentially 
was being represented in the show. Like, it was Luke Cage, Diamondback, Shades, and someone else were part of that group. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the fourth Misty person. Knight says it to Zip. She's like, you're no Romeo. And then Shades mentions it to him after a ridiculously long failed mur- <laughs> killing of Shades. The, the garroting oh, that God, takes like a yeah. half an hour. The dude is like, I will take you out. I'm going to garrote you. Well, I don't know why. Like, it, he had made it very clear that he wants Shades just taken care of. Yeah. So why don't you just shoot him? The two guys you with guns. You have three people with guns there. You decide to go with the most personal... But more specifically, long way of killing him when he just overpowers you, shoots one guy, takes his gun, and just kills the rest yeah. of you. I'm like, you were just kind of walking into this yourself, too. Yeah. After you proved yourself very, very lightly capable when yeah. you gave that shortcut to escape, but not enough to give you this much confidence. No. This was a lot to go to your yeah. head where you're like, well, I helped... I helped Diamondback escape by showing him this one exit. Yeah. I wish I could take this man out by strongly slang- strangling him to death. Which is a great scene because Diamondback keeps his gun on him the entire time. It's too like, yeah, yeah, keep moving. Yeah. But yeah, and then when Shades, right before he kills him, he's like, you're nothing like your brother. And then actually after he kills him, says, sorry, Romeo. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd have to go back, but yeah, if there's that many callbacks to it, then it must be something they're planning. It's got to be Copperhead or whatever. <laughs> Is yeah, it some be other all snakes, snakes? Yeah, like anaconda, some gay snake thing. <laughs> the, Sur- <laughs> the Serpent Society coming out of Marvel. <laughs> they're all random black actors <laughs> until finally Terrence Howard makes his big appearance. <laughs> Sidewinder, <laughs> but he's an actual snake person. Yeah, just like all CGI. Ah. Captain America takes him out in one shot. Like, no! <laughs> the seven plus two really equal nines. <laughs> Crystals say otherwise. <laughs> the crystals. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we really had to suck Terrence Howard's dick to get him back in the Marvel fold. It's folks. so weird, because we brought him back, we had to make a lot of promises, and then we just kill him off, like, immediately. It's, it's a weird move for us, but, uh... I couldn't be happier about I it. I know he shitted on us all over the place after Captain American 2, <laughs> after he didn't get in it, but we're like, whatever. Certainly not what's going to happen is he's going to luck his way into a television show that gets 30 million viewers yeah, that's for some reason. fucking enormous for a show that I still can't figure out the plot to. That would get canceled tomorrow if they had Game of Thrones ratings. Yeah, that was essentially, uh, what is it? It's essentially just like vinyl, but successful in yeah. modern day. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, oh, do you want to? Do you have any more notes, or we want to wrap this up? That was it for for Luke Cage. I, I would say I enjoyed it more than the first season of even Daredevil. I liked it. I thought once again, I'm still not sold on the Luke Cage character. I mean, I, I find him kind of vanilla, but overall, it was interesting enough, and it, it kept me guessing with a lot of things that I wasn't expecting. One, like that cop being the one, the one white character being like a, a bad a guy. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think he kept me on my toes. I could definitely use a lot less Misty Knight, hopefully, but I don't think... I don't think that's changing, unfortunately. She's definitely like the uh, uh, Trish of that show. I did like they didn't pick some, like, 24-year-old. Like, they picked a girl that was, like, in her late 30s to play, like, a mature kind Mm -hmm. of woman. But um, not a very good cop. Not a very good cop. Although, this is just a tangent. There is... uh, They got this chick playing Vixen in Legends of Tomorrow who is fucking gorgeous. Really? Yeah, I don't know why I find her as attractive as I do, uh, as I do, but she is, like, drop-dead gorgeous in my mind. 
Alright, I'm going to have to look it up real quick. So keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, you also have to get... Describe her tits. <laughs> Pretty fantastic. You're also going to have to get through her super lame fucking uh, Stargirl counterpart, who just looks like in a ridiculously cheap superhero costume. Ooh. It's a tough costume, I think, to translate, but they translate it completely literally, so it's really kind of goofy looking. I mean, the entire group, it's, they're, they're part of the Justice Society of America, and it's all a group of, like, I don't know who any of these characters are. I... I vaguely know of Stargirl, mostly because of the fact that I find her cosmic staff of importance very odd for that character to have. Essentially, like, yeah, one of our B-team members has this cosmic staff of omnipotence. Why? I don't quite understand that. But uh, Defenders 2 actually announced... This girl? Uh, let me see here. Uh, that doesn't look exactly like her. Um, hold on, I'm gonna try to find uh, an image, but, uh, real quick, uh, Sigourney Weaver is gonna be playing the bad guy in The Defenders. Yes, that's her. Very, very cute. She is absurdly attractive. Not very black, but... No, not exactly. Uh, Especially when you look by the comparison of, like, the original version of of Vixen, who's, like, Storm, but, like, covered in, like, cheetah print, and... Yeah. (laughs) Like an anaconda just circling around her body at all times. And this one, it's just like, you know... Yeah, my great-grandma was black, I think. <laughs> I'm mulatto. Like, I don't know if that's... I'm a mooly. <laughs> mooly? <laughs> so insensitive. Like she, but she doesn't even know that. But she doesn't Because nobody's ever called her that, because nobody <laughs> thinks she is one. Oh, man. Actually, this is... You know what? I might... Uh, maybe we'll wrap up with this. Have you seen the uh, Jordan Peele, I guess it is? Yeah, I think it's Jordan Peele is making a horror movie. Okay. That's coming out next year. I need to pull you up a trailer for this because this is this is crazy. Like it's such a weird, like concept. a comedy horror. Yes and no. I'll, I'll I'll show you. You have to see the trailer for it to even possibly try to get it. It's so strange. Um, and if you just joined us, Luke Cage talks done, Cottonmouth dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like Luke Cage a lot. I think it's it's definitely worth checking out, but uh, it's not perfect, but I still liked it. <laughs> it's not The Wire, but it's about as close as you're going to get out of Disney Marvel. <laughs> I think it's called Get Out. Yeah, there we go. It's so strange, though. Like, it's, it's built entirely on the premise of having to go and introduce yourselves to a... Like a white family. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not a horror movie connoisseur by any means. Uh, I generally avoid them. That was pretty unsettling, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it like, is. Because it's weird. It wasn't funny. <laughs> like, the premise sounds almost like a like a spoof. Yeah. But then it's played very straight. Like, there's still jokes. Like, it's still like, oh, well, he, the, he sees a one black guy there, so he goes to shake his hand. But you can tell that white guy, that black guy's too white because he doesn't go for the respect knuckles. Yeah. But then that's still played, like, for a weird, like, horrific thing of, like, I guess, indoctrination to make yeah. black people white. It's very strange. Um, I don't, I'm not going to see it because I don't, I don't see horror movies in general. You're like, I get scared easily. I do. I, I get, get terrified. I get the peasies and the, <laughs> I can't watch Scream Queens. I wet. It's too terrifying. It's too, even the commercials I usually <laughs> wet, I wet myself, like, a third of the way in. Like, it's too much! <laughs> You're like, I don't... Anytime I just see Courage the Cowardly Dog, not the show, just the character, I start crying, so... It is a scary show. I mean, yes, that Tombstone episode's pretty tight. Get back the slide! Yeah, oof. Um... 
It looks scary, though. I'll be honest. Like, that scene with that guy running <laughs> towards him. Oh, yeah. It's pretty disturbing. The uh, deer skeleton. That's where I'm like... Because the rest of it, you can actually assume, like, exists in some kind of real reality. Just crazy people. But mm-hmm. that, I'm like, straight up, like, is there a supernatural element to this, too? Or is that, like, a dream sequence, I guess, mm-hmm. maybe? I don't know. But, yeah, it's weird. It's definitely like a trailer. It might like, be a you and Terry movie. Or you, Terry, mom, you can really make oh, her a fucking decade. <sighs> oh, she would hate it, I feel like. She'd be like, it doesn't have the spooky. <laughs> Just do it in Nicaragua. I'm like, mom, I told you, that's not the way to describe people from Nicaragua. Ni- Nigerians, <laughs> mom. Nigerians, mom. Nigerians. They're different. It's not that way. Nigerians. Stop, Stop it. Stop it. There's not two Gs in Nigeria. How come when we get to the car you say Nigerians, but <laughs> when we're in the movie theater? When we're very public, in public situations, you scream it out. It does not a word that comes up that often. You don't often talk about Nigerians. But I gotta read the room like, am I gonna gain support by shouting at my clearly feebled mother? <laughs> Where it's like her like with a walker trying yeah. to sit down and shaking the entire like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> She's like, I have a just come up and rape me. She's like, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, play the room, Mikey. What do I do? Do I, I beat her up? <laughs> do I help her into the seat first? Or do I, do I discipline her? That's for us moolies. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, woman, miss, person I don't know. Bam. Come on, you porch monkeys. Let's get her. <laughs> You just play both sides of the aisle wrong? Against myself, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a Herc in the fourth season of The Wire. Like, every move I make's bad. <laughs> every, I just put everyone against me. I'm Cersei Lannister, for some reason. Oh, man. Alright, well, I think that's going to do it then for this week. Yep, good one, brother. Good times. Luke Cage, check it out. Oh, no. Who are we to stop you? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty your black. It's too black, almost. <laughs> that's the end.